Hello and welcome to another episode of Archive Panic. I'm your host, Ben Niven. And I'm Jacob Russell. And today we're continuing our John Carpenter retrospective with an interesting movie. Mm-hmm, the final part of the Apocalypse Trilogy. In the Mouth of Madness. Uh-huh. Initially, we were going to record this episode last week with the body bags episode. Yes, and what I tend to do is I will watch a film in its entirety the night before, and I'll watch it again the following morning to take notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, not for the first time this has happened, but while watching In the Mouth of Madness, I decided I was going to take notes the first time around to save a bit of time. I had for I started watching the movie at eight o'clock in the morning last Saturday. My good friend Jacob came round at half past one in the afternoon, and I had half an hour left of the film to go. A bit more than that, about uh, forty minutes. Yeah, so uh, of yeah. left of the film to go. This film is an hour thirty. Yeah. Uh, and that was just me trying to write down what was happening on screen. <laughs> As you were watching it, you were just kind of like. You know what, fuck this, this, yeah, is, this I, is a bit I too much. I basically <laughs> just said to him, I can't record this today. I need to. I need some time to watch this a couple of times before I can form a complete sentence regarding this film. Hmm. And I'll be honest, I'm still not entirely confident that I will be able to do that. Because this film is, first and foremost, incredible. Mm-hmm. It is a world-class piece of filmmaking. And possibly the best example of a truly... Uh, Lovecraftian horror experience that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. even like I've seen like actual adaptations of Lovecraft's work that don't do it as well as this shit does Mm -hmm. you know but because of that it also defies description at some points because normally when we do our podcast and we're going through the plot we go down and we say this happens and then because that happened this is what's going to happen next Mm mhm Whereas in this film, because this happens, 400 different possibilities occur at the same time. And are then only proven to have happened, and it's only proved which one has happened, by the end of the fucking movie. And so you're presented with this, even more so than Prince of Darkness, this perfect encapsulation of quantum theory <laughs> almost yeah. in a movie and that throughout the entire film every possibility is happening all at once and it's only once the film is over that you can then look back and go oh, okay this is the version of events we are in and even then mm. it's still a lot of it is still left very open ended it is a film that invites discussion more so than any other John Carpenter film we have watched up to this point. So strap yourselves in. This is going to be a long one. Yeah, like uh, when we say cosmic horror, I think all of I think all three of the Apocalypse trilogy films could be described as being cosmic horror. Certainly, certainly, yes. I mean, up until Prince of Darkness is probably the closest, closest of the. So, In the Mouth of Madness is the closest of the three. Prince of Darkness is a 
second, and then the thing's probably the furthest away from yeah, like cosmic horror I, I, of I, I, the trilogy. I would, I would, I wouldn't say it's the farthest away. It's it's more actiony than than. Yeah, no, that's than, what I'm saying. Yeah. You see the creature a lot more. There's uh, less. What I'm when I say it's the farthest away of the trilogy, yeah. I mean of this trilogy. Yeah. It is still very much cosmic horror. Uh, it's just not. It doesn't have as much of the same. Uh, DNA of that genre mm. as Prince of Darkness does as In the Mouth of Madness does I'm not saying it's not cosmic horror I'm saying it is not as aligned with that genre yeah. as the other two films are Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen this movie a few times now um, I want to say four or five and like uh, the first time I saw this movie was it was during the it was during the height of lockdown or maybe the start I can't remember um, but at that point, you know, everybody had a lot more free time. Oh, certainly, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch a bunch of movies. I've been meaning to watch, you know, mm-hmm. uh, catch up on some shit, you know. And uh, I had... Work your way through the list. Yeah, and I had decided I was going to watch the Apocalypse Trilogy, you know. I had, uh, obviously, I'd seen the thing already. I've seen that countless times. So I was like, I'll watch the other two, right? So I went onto YouTube and I went onto Reddit and I had heard obviously I had heard of this movie and uh, it was, but uh, this this one I was more interested in Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness at the time because uh, I because I don't know if you've ever been on the horror subreddit, but this is like one of these movies where it's like, uh, Reddit is horrible for movies in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the horror subreddit. To be fair, you could you could you remove the word film Twitter. You could remove the word. Movies from that sentence. Oh. Reddit is horrible. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's just horrible. But this is something I've noticed with like horror YouTubers and horror Twitter and that. Whenever, whenever anybody mentions like, you know, an underseen horror movie, this one always comes up. And I don't really know if you can really class it as underseen now, but uh, mm. this one always comes up. And I had watched the the trailer for Prince of Darkness, and for whatever reason, this is another reason why people just shouldn't watch trailers. I thought the trailer for Prince of Darkness made it look shit, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> I did eventually, okay. but uh, I did eventually during lockdown. But um, so I decided to watch this one, and during lockdown, I was in that paramo state. You know, if you've seen the, uh, what is it? Let me show where you talk to me. Oh, the paramo. Is that let me show? Yeah, that's let me show. It's also just a general bit of slang with regards to yeah illicit activities yeah let's put it you, you can hit a perma or a permo uh, I was on a permo <laughs> um, and this for, movie right, for those who are not aware I feel like I should describe what a perma is yeah because I don't know if that's really a phrase outside of Scotland is it I think I, I don't know maybe I don't know it's short for permanent so effectively it becomes a the point where you have been under the influence of illicit substances for such a length of time that even when you are coming down, the shit is still in your system, <laughs> yeah. and so it is still, you know, the effects, while slightly lessened, still occur. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. you are on a permanent high, you are on a perma, you're on a permo, yeah. so on. And at the time, I was doing a lot of that, so, you know, I watched this movie. Um, it blew me away <laughs> and I needed to make sure that it wasn't just the illicit substances so I watched it again with uh, uh, with uh, a couple of people I watched this with uh, my flatmate at the time and she thought it was mental and yeah. I watched this with uh, with Alice and she thought who it was does the, the, the art for this, yeah. uh, this programme uh, and uh, she thought it was fucking insane 
Yeah, so it's, it, this movie is it, it's, it's probably spoiler alert. We are going to do a a Carpenter ranking episode. So yeah, many, we'll get, we'll probably do coming mini episode uh, at the end of this. Once, once we, we once, with once we're finished with all his movies, we'll do like a little mini episode. But spoiler alert. But yeah, this is probably my favorite Carpenter movie out of everything he's done. Uh, oh, I haven't watched everything he's done yet. We still have. Yeah, we still have a few to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, this is so. This is frequently referred to as the last great uh, film by John Carpenter. Yeah. Uh, one comparison that you made me aware of was described as it's as though he poured everything he had into this last film. Yeah. And then everything that followed was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're just kind of going with the flow after this. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I cannot confirm nor deny whether or not that's true I haven't I mean, the watched only, the rest of the movies the, yet the only movie I've seen after In the Mouth of Madness was Escape from LA and that was I like I thought you'd watched Ghost of Mars no no oh. uh, Escape from LA I have seen but I saw that like I want to say more than 10 years ago so actually definitely more than 10 years ago I saw Escape from LA when I was still in school so like do you remember when Love Film was a thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they sent me that. Man, um, along with Shell Shock and M sixty seven on the PS two. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, and at oh, the weird time, combo. Yeah, <laughs> at the time I liked Escape from LA. You know, didn't you watch Escape from LA first? No, I watched Escape from New York first. Um, I thought you watched Escape from. Where am I getting that You from? might be confusing it for the first Alien film I ever saw, which was Alien Resurrection. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's where I'm getting that. I actually can't remember if the first Alien movie I ever saw was Resurrection or Alien vs. Predator. Mm. Might have been Resurrection. Because I think it was on Sky Movies all the time. But yeah. yeah it uh, was, yeah. But, you know. Back to Prince of Darkness. This this film nope. is... No? Mouth of Madness. Mouth of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Prince of Darkness is a fucking great movie too, but you know. Yeah. Thanks, Mouth of Madness. Um, this movie is fantastic. I, I, I loved everything about this. I am a Lovecraftian horror connoisseur. <laughs> I don't know yes, you have read numerous of his. Uh, you have read a few yeah. of his stories. Ah, the Necronomicon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, you know, his his work is very. This isn't a direct like adaptation of anything. No, this it is, is not. No, this, this is, is its own story. A, uh, uh, it is, however, heavily inspired. Uh, by by his works that cannot be denied yeah Lovecraft and Stephen King this is kind of like a a love letter to both of those guys yeah um, Lovecraftian stuff is notoriously difficult to like uh, uh, adapt to anything yeah yeah big thing because <laughs> you need to because you know not every movie needs to be action packed and that but a lot of movies are you know it, it needs to have a hook of uh. some in some you, shape or form and when you read Lovecraft you know the whole stereotype is that he never really describes what you see it's an unimaginable horror yeah. so you can't really show what's happening or else I'll just give everything away you know? exactly yeah um, the, although the best example of a direct adaptation I can think of at the moment is Space. Yeah, with Nicolas Cage yeah. yeah it was pretty good have you seen that? no no I haven't yet no, no it was pretty good I watched that and Mandy on the same night fucking hell on the same time frame is this so permo <laughs> oh god damn it man <laughs> it was you a great watched, time you watched Mandy while no yeah yeah <laughs> I watched Mandy while um, uh, that explains so much about the way that you are I, as a person I watched Mandy while um, 
participating in something that has three letters in it. No. <laughs> what? Two letters and a number. No, three letters. L- oh shit! Really? LSD. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, <laughs> no, the two CB. Uh, yeah. uh, well, that was also in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the LSD, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't do any of it. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> no, I was more of a tomorrow never knows kind of guy. You know, mm-hmm. that Beatles song. Yeah, was, fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was a helter skelter guy. Ah, yeah. have you have you listened to Day in the Life? No. Stuff with Sergeant Peppers. Nice. It's fucking weird, but uh, I don't do any of that stuff anymore mm. too much. So you know, I I watched this is the first time I watched this movie completely sober. Yes. <laughs> I remember saying this to you as well. Um, I was saying it's like ah. Oh, I'm kind of worried that when I watch this completely sober, it's not going to be as good as I remembered it being. But it was fucking good. You, and you know? have not shut the fuck up about it since. No, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. But as I was saying, you know, Lovecraft is notoriously difficult to like adapt to screen. Uh, or I feel like this does it quite well. Uh, or or video games. Like I like the the most recent like Lovecraftian video games we've had recently, like fucking Sinking City and. Uh, I prefer Sinking City to the Call of Cthulhu game. Ah. Uh, uh, the Call of Cthulhu game was fine. It was. Oh no, it's fine. But yeah. I prefer the Sinking City. Uh, and uh, played Dark Corners of. Is it Dark Corners there? I don't fucking know. The one that came out in the Xbox. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the first the FPS one. It was it was pretty interesting. But um, you know, uh, but let's get into this. This is some good shit. Yeah, so we have. This might be quite disjointed, by the way. But yeah, oh yeah this will be. <laughs> we will inevitably be like swinging back and forth through plot points and whatnot. So. But again, that's a lot because the film kind of does that to a certain extent as well. That is the like the timeline of the movie is linear, mm-hmm. but the cause and effect of certain th- events throughout the movie, like a prime example of this, is one of the the first things to happen in the movie. We don't find out what the cause of that, the cause, the inciting incident for this film happens at the end of the film. Yeah, the thing that kicks off everything that we've just seen happens at the end of the movie. Yeah, this is yeah, standard Lovecraft, though, the, like, which is like the, it, yeah, the, this film is told in flashback, like in the like yeah. Um, oh no, no, I'm not even talking about that. Oh. I'm talking about like the thing that set off everything that we just saw, as like oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah as okay, at okay, the okay. end of the film. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the reason for everything happening. Is the last thing we see. Mm-hmm. So we see the resu- so we see the consequences before we see the action, mm-hmm. which is again, which is partly why it's been so difficult for me to kind of get notes on this film and really talk about it, because it feels a lot more disjointed than it really is. When you break it down into its core elements, it is a fairly linear mystery movie. Yeah. But the second you even break, like once you break the surface, it immediately becomes so much more. And the deeper you dig into this film, the wider, like spread the mm-hmm. fucking possibilities become, and everything goes like mental. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the reason why I really enjoy this film so much. We should also mention that Carpenter did not write this movie. This no, he movie. didn't. Which was a surprise to me. This is written by somebody called Michael DeLuca, and I remember the last time I was here, we had a look at what he's done. Yeah, the, and 
This also defies explanation. The man has written this movie, which is fucking gold, right? What else did he write? So let me let me just get this here. So uh, go ahead, redesign DB. Go on. Uh, he he won a, he won, right? So this was the just his writing credits, not his producing credits. His writing credits, right? So, so prior to this, this film. the immediate film prior to this that mm-hmm. he wrote was Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare, which is awful. Which is <laughs> universally acknowledged to be the worst of the the mm-hmm. nightmare movies. Uh-huh. Then uh, you know, three years after Freddy's Dead, this came out. And then a year after this was his final writing credit, the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he's had Which, to be fair to it, at the time that it came out, was a fairly decent just Judge Dread uh adaptation. It was just it was a Stallone action movie with the Judge Dread coat of paint. Uh-huh. So it, it wasn't horrible, but it was alright. The only reason that Judge Dread gets judged <laughs> ironic as harshly as it does today is because we now have what many would argue to be the perfect adaptation of the Dread comics, which is the film Dread. Which, again, though, isn't even really an adaptation of any specific story. No, it's just, just the raid with a Dread coat of paint. Yeah. And but I, I also just want <laughs> to it works so fucking well. I just want to talk about this guy for just briefly, because like this guy's had the most up-and-down career I've ever seen. Right? Go on. So he, he began his career in the late 80s, right? He was a writer on the show Freddy's Nightmares, right? Which I imagine is how he got the writing gig for Freddy's Dead. Right? Yeah, and Freddy's Nightmare was like a kind of decent little uh, like like anthology song, show. Yeah. It was kind of similar to like Friday the 13th, the series and like all that tales, kind of stuff. It was more of a Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt, yeah. yeah. Um, but his, uh, he, he was a producer on Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Oh no. Right, and then, that, that's, then he got the writing producing role. And obviously he did this and and uh, and uh, Judge Dredd, but then he was offered. He's a, he's a massive Star Trek fan, right? Yes. So he was offered a writing role on Star Trek Voyager, mm-hmm. and he and he wrote what is arguably a lot of Star Trek fans call the worst episode in Star Trek Voyager history. Threshold, uh-huh. Threshold, the one where Captain Janeway and fucking Tom, I can't remember his surname, turn into like lizards at the end of it and fuck. So he did all that, but Wait, then what? what? They go to warp speed, and somehow that makes them evolve into. They go. Into, they go to like. No, no. You know what? Don't. Yeah, but then he he becomes the president. He becomes the president of production at New Line Cinema, right? You fucking want it. And during and this is where he like oversaw the production of arguably one of the best movies of the nineties, Seven. <laughs> and uh, but he but. In this, he also produced Friday, Boogie Nights, fucking great movie. Austin Friday, Powers. Hold on, hold on, Friday. Friday, yeah. As in Ice Cube and fucking. Yeah. I fucking love Friday. Boogie Nights. Friday's Aust- fucking great. Austin Powers, Rush Hour, Blade, American History X, Magnolia, right? Then he became the president of production at DreamWorks. Um, but then after that he went to Sony and this is where his career kind of takes a fucking dive right yeah. even though it was kind of mixed between that right he he, he he goes to Sony and the first film he produces in the Sony deal Ghost Rider oh no and The Love Guru oh no <laughs> but then after that he won an Oscar for Best Picture two years in a row wait so he went from The Love Guru to The Social Network 
Then after the social network, Moneyball. And then he got a, a nomination for a third best picture with Captain Phillips. But then after that, his career takes another bit of a dive, right? Uh, well, in between Moneyball and Captain Phillips, he produced uh, the Fright Night remake, right? That's like, have you seen that remake? No. It's pretty good. But it's then, but his most recent, sure, these movies made a lot of money, but they're terrible, right? Mm. He produced the Fifty Shades movies. Have you seen them? Uh, I've seen the first one. See the. the I tried to. You know the second one. There's a there's a literal gunshot that goes off like halfway through the movie. It woke me up. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm convinced that that's the reason why they put the gunshot in there <laughs> was to like remind everyone hey there's a movie happening in front of you I tried to convince Alice to do a marathon of the Fifty Shades movies you don't want to because we did the Twilight movies but she kind of put her foot down and was like no we're not doing this <laughs> and the guy was married to Julianne Moore so you know <laughs> Mad. so you know you can fail upwards you know? <laughs> But uh, you know that's just a short detour of Michael DeLuca, the 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 weird I don't even know the if weird I want him. wonderful world. Of yeah, Michael I wouldn't DeLuca. even call him a genius. He's just like this guy who wrote something he's really just a Johnny Bastard. Yeah, he just wrote someone. So Carpenter wasn't even like the first choice to direct this movie. He was the third. Um, we had uh, uh, Tony Randell who did uh, Hellraiser two. Um, okay, yeah, I could see him doing well. And uh, he was the first choice, and he dropped out. And then Mary Lambert who did the original Pet Cemetery movies. Um, that would have been interesting to see I would have really liked that I would have really liked to see uh, her version yeah I liked the first Pet Cemetery. I didn't like the second one so much but whatever and then uh, King was the third no not King Carpenter was the third choice so yes but yeah uh, how does this this movie starts with some fucking metal going on yeah with some <laughs> a fucking awesome like Enter Sandman style soundtrack. Yeah, initially Carpenter wanted to get Enter Sandman as the the theme music for this, but he couldn't get the rights to it, so he decided to create Could you write something uh, similar. But to me, this always sounded like <coughs> this always. <coughs> to me, this always sounded like mid nineties Megadeth. Like uh, like some. I'm fine. Like something off of their euthanasia cryptic writings albums, you know. I don't know, but and uh, actually playing the guitars. I mean, it's no, it's no coincidence that in trying to sound like Metallica, he's accidentally sounded like Megadeth. I guess. <laughs> like when you consider the two bands, yeah, history. Yeah, and then uh, actually playing guitar in this in this music is uh, Dave Davies of the Kinks. Nice. <laughs> But no, Carpenter seems to really like metal music. Um, we'll get to it. But on the in the Ghost of Mars movie, um, he wrote the soundtrack for it. But Anthrax performs it. Wait, what? Yeah, Carpenter wrote, wrote the music. Obviously, Carpenter wrote the music for Ghost of Mars. But Anthrax are the musicians that he gets to perform the the soundtrack to it. So you know, he likes Anthrax. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Let's be honest. Anthrax are fucking great. Anthrax are great. They're unfairly maligned. <laughs> But uh, some sick music playing here. You've got your uh, it's like a printing press going on, isn't it? It's like yeah, it's a footage of a printing press plays over metal music. Uh, the bah, press bah, is, bah. the press is printing uh, book covers for a novel that we then see is written by one Sutter Kane. What sort of fucking name, Sutter? I don't fucking know. I'm assuming it's a pseudonym. 
Hmm. I've never heard of that. Not it's a pseudonym. Just... What's? No, yeah, pseudonym. Yeah, pseudonym. Pen name, pseudonym. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Stephen King had Richard Bachman. You know. So maybe then, but who yeah. knows? But I've never even heard of Sutter as a name before. Well, now you have. Mm. <laughs> and although if somebody was to turn out to be like an evil horror movie person name, Sutter Kane uh, uh, <laughs> that, that is like a, if you just it, meet somebody called Sutter Kane you know they're destined to either become like a serial killer or like fucking a movie villain yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh hey Timmy you brought your friend around what's his name Sutter Kane <laughs> goodbye Timmy <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> well, it was nice knowing you but uh, my mom says we can't hang out anymore your mom's dead well <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I killed, bye. I killed her, Timmy. Sutter, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, printing uh, Sutter Kane's new novel, Mouth of Madness. Yes, uh, admission, and then we go through to admissions at a mental institution, and we see Sam Neill being brought in by yeah. a group of orderlies. Fucking Sam Neill. As he struggles against them. Sam Neill is our main character for this movie. And. I fucking love this man. He's got a bit of a shaky accent in this movie, but he's fucking great. Uh, oh no, it's, if, if, to be honest, right, have you ever tried to be scared in an accent other than your own? It's fucking impossible. Like, uh, yeah, I suppose. Like, let's be honest, when you're acting, like, if you're, if you're acting well, you're, will inevitably be feeling a certain element of what you're mm. attempting to put forward. That's how, sort of the best way to go about it. It's part of Stanislavski's method and whatnot. Uh, you're inevitably going to feel some elements of what the character's feeling right yeah, yeah. so if you're trying to act scared your body is then going to start producing adrenaline because it's going to think you're scared mm-hmm. this kiwi accent just pops it's every now and then every now and then the new zealander comes mm-hmm. up in them and uh, it's, do you know this, do you know there's a great point where they tell someone to fuck off and it's just purely <laughs> fuck that it's fuck like uh, and it's purely like his um, accent it's great he calls somebody uh, what was it where are you bitch he's, yeah yeah uh, but um, this building this uh, this mental institution it um, looks awesome do you know what it actually is it's not a mental institution what is it? it it's one of these two things I can't remember precisely what it is it's either a water treatment plant or it's a dam <laughs> but it's outside Toronto and not the same thing no a lot of treatment plants like sewage and all that shit a dam is just kind of I don't know what that is for really stop it's water. a swear yeah it's a beavers dirty build, dirty swear word beavers build them and if you play fallout you fight over it so you know but, but anyway. no, this building also appears in um, uh, fuck what's his name it's a, it's a Mike Myers movie it's also got the guy who played Dark Helmet in Spaceballs Vic Baranis yes it's them. It's a movie called Strange Brew. Never heard of it. Well, this building appears prominently in that as well. It's fucking Strange Brew is really funny. See if you ever get it's one of these sort of like it's not talked about as much, but like um, yeah, if you ever find a copy of it, you get it and watch it. It's fucking hilarious. All right, fair enough. Uh, uh, so Sam Neill is then he struggles against orderlies and is promptly not knocked out, but like laid into a little bit, and he then kicks one in the balls. Yeah, he, no, he kicks ones in the balls so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Like the, this poor man, this this guy's kids aren't normal now. Well, yeah, it's, I mean like, later, when, later somebody says that there's a guard standing outside with swollen testicles. So yeah, like, so like yeah, he's <laughs> that poor bastard. Yeah, uh, but uh, later on, he's uh, Samuel eventually is thrown into a cell and he screams, "I'm not insane." I'm not insane. I'm not insane. And then that scream is then turns into a chorus of everybody 
and the, the <laughs> Institute. He's like, if he's not insane, I'm definitely not. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and then another guy joins in, another one joins in, until mm. eventually it's this chorus of voices all shouting, I'm not insane. And the guy in charge, who is uh, Mr. Clamp from Gremlins 2. Yeah, he, uh, just uh, turns up some music. Yeah, he puts on the carpenters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, not the carpenters. Not the car- yeah, they're just like, oh, no, not the carpenters too. <laughs> Fuck your carpenters, man. Uh, we then see it's a. Uh, a music, the music stops and a disembodied hand knocks on the door mm-hmm. we are then introduced to a another character Dr. Ray yes fucking uh... uh when he walks into the room Sam Neill's been busy yeah he was yeah so there's a slight time skip at this point I'm assuming yeah Red asks uh, Clamp if he's made any say Clamp I can't remember if he's made any requests and his his request was a single black crayon yeah and he comes in and the room is covered in uh, crosses and crucifixes and all that and so is he (laughs) and so is Sam Neill's character yeah David Warner is Dr. Wren we last saw him in body bags and the awful hair segment but you know he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's good in this he is yeah doesn't do much in this but he's good in this yeah he's there yeah. Uh, then comes up saying uh, this is a rotten way to end it talking mm. about Sam Neill's career to which Sam Neill's character responded, responds this is not the ending you haven't read it yet mm-hmm. oh yeah and uh, Mr. Clamp I keep calling him that that's not his character's name uh, he's called Saperstein <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Saperstein. Mm-hmm. Go on. Oh, yeah, but he's the guy from Gremlins too, but yeah. that's why I just call him his clamp. Fair. Uh, so, at this point, he starts talking about uh, you're not one of them. We do, At this point, we don't know what them is or who they are. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's later on. Sam Neill's now drawing in the walls, continuing. Uh, his uh, his so artwork. He says every every schizophrenic has a them. No, no, this that's a little bit later. Yeah. Um. So he then, of course, because he is a carpenter character in distress, what does he do? Smokes. Yeah, he asks for a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. He's a carpenter, but he doesn't ask for a cigarette. He asks for a smoke because that's what carpenter does. You got to smoke. Um, as far back as Assault and Free Sig Thirteen. Yeah, but when we eventually do Twin Peaks, it's going to change. It's going to be... Uh, Coffee? No. Got a light. Oh. <laughs> Can't. Got a light. Uh, so then uh, Sam Neill explains, you want to hear about my them, don't you? Uh, referring to the idea that was prevalent in psychology at the time, that all paranoid schizophrenics would have a them, a oh, them. Oh yeah, you hear it Batman Begins, fucking, yeah. fucking Killian Murphy's just saying, like, oh, yeah, at least psychopathic's all... Have one external trigger, whatever. In this case, yes. a scarecrow. Yes. Scarecrow. Uh, scarecrow. Yeah. Scarecrow. <laughs> Killian Murphy. What an actor. Yeah, yeah. What a cock. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> he's got a nice ass on him, I know. Does he? Uh, I haven't paid attention. <sighs> You're still headlong into his fucking Bobby. Mate, I was fucking 12 when I watched uh, 20 Days Later the first time. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh shit, that's a, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit, that's a very grainy dick going on right here, man. <laughs> yeah, because you were watching it on like DVD. Well, yeah, they also filmed it with like the camcorders at the time. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, so everything's just grainy. <laughs> sure. right. So uh, we then get Sam Neill's character names revealed as John. Yeah, yeah. Okay. John Trent. And John Trent, and apparently this all started with 
the Sutter Kane disappearance. Yeah, and then we go straight into flashback, and this is like this is and this is where the rest this of this is prime place. Lovecraft. This is like most of yeah. If you haven't read any Lovecraft stories, um, I wouldn't say all of them are, but there are a good enough of them. A good majority of them are written as like a like a diary entry or as a, a guy talking to. Uh, Psychiatrist or like a police officer, yeah, yeah. describing the events of what just happened, like Mm -hmm. prior to you know the story starting, Um, which is pretty cool. Um, It's it's a bit tired now, but the The main place that this diverges from the Lovecraftian element is that in the sort of Lovecraft novels, throughout the novel, you will get you will be taken away from the flashback and placed once again in the the framing device. And you'll get like a little bit of an interview there and a little bit more character development for that, and then you'll go back to the flashback periodically. This film doesn't do that. We don't see this, we don't see the inside of this institution again until the very end of the film. Yes. Where we get the wrap up. Yeah. And it's revealed John Trent, he's a. He's an insurance investigator. Which is also very um, Lovecraftian. Yeah, that he just has a normal ass job. Well, not even that, he's he's an investigator. Like a lot of of Lovecraft. Characters were PIs or. Well, yeah, that even extends into the uh, Call of Cthulhu tabletop uh, role playing game. And most of them. In which all of your characters are. Your characters are called investigators. They're not like yeah, characters. And, and, even the Call, and even both of those Call of Cthulhu video games. You play as an investigator, yes. Yeah. And Sinking City, actually, as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we get. We can see another advert for Sutter Kane's In the Mouth of Madness. I also just want to mention that in this whole scene where... Um, where he's outing this Pierce yeah, who's committing that is Peter Jason. He's one of these Carpenter regulars. We've seen him several times. He's the trumpet man from Prince of Darkness. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he does a better trumpet than that. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that I can't do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not Peter Jason. I can't do it. Oh fucking hell! I was watching a, a, bit of a, a, bit of, a bit of a tangent here, but um, the other night I was watching Airplane Two, right? Why? Because it was on TV, and uh, and I'd seen it once, but again I was in a parable, so I didn't remember much of it. So I was saving to watch it, you know. Yeah. I will say Airplane Two. There is a there is a reason for this, but Airplane Two, right? See if Airplane One didn't exist. Airplane Two would be fine. Oh, uh, Airplane Two would be like seen as like the fucking standard for all these parody movies. But like airplane, airplanes are I like to find. But uh, one of the cast, one of the characters in it, one of the uh, air traffic control guys, mm. is the villain from Starman. Oh shit! He's there, just doing his shit. You know, I was looking. I was like, I know you. <laughs> I know you from somewhere. You've been a prick before. <laughs> he's been a decent guy in, in airplane too. But I was looking. I was like, I know you from somewhere. Where the fuck? <laughs> It was just gnawing at me. John Marston in the mysterious trip. Where do I know you from? I'm, fu- I'm fucking firing. I'm going up my TV. <laughs> hey, some are doing. It's no Texas. <laughs> I'm no Elvis. Elvis used to do that, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he died in the shutter. Did he actually, or was that just... No, that's uh, true. He died on the shutter. Okay. I, f- I always thought that was just like an urban legend. No, I'm sure he... I'm sure that's... Does that happen in the movie? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, I want to no, see... I don't think fu- the movie takes... I don't think the movie takes it up to his death. Oh, like, I want to see a fat Austin Butler just like fucking... <laughs> munching on a hamburger. Sweating like fuck. Uh, <laughs> like high out of his mind. Oh. <laughs> Amphetamines and... <laughs> did, uh, did that Kurt Russell Elvis thing come out before Elvis died? I have no idea. 
Did that show of dying? I can't remember. It's been a while yeah. since I watched it. To be fair, it's been fucking how many weeks? Yeah, I keep forgetting that I that I didn't watch that. So like, yeah, so that's gonna yeah. We're not gonna mention Elvis in our in our ranking video, but um, but that leads me to wonder when we're doing Toby Hooper. Yeah. Because he did a fucking great uh, Salem's Lot adaptation that was a TV miniseries of two episodes that was put together as a movie fuck that man no 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 no. it's fantastic yeah so was Elvis and you'd have said no but I can't be fucked watching a Salem's Lot that was also because I just don't want to watch Elvis yeah and I don't want to watch Salem's Lot so fuck you I will do Salem's Lot that's fantastic no you'll do it in the same way that I did Elvis we'll do like a 10 minute thing yeah I I think you should watch Salem's Lot like I've seen that before I've seen it before well moving on we're getting sidetracked it's like one of the best King adaptations I've ever seen Right. We're, we're getting sidetracked up there with like Doctor Sleep let's move on oh really wow. uh-huh. so we've got another advert for sort of canes in the mouth of madness mm-hmm. and there's a conversation occurring in this in this cafe basically right yeah Trent and his boss who's uh, can't remember his boss's name like the character like the actor yeah he's basically he's... saying he's basically saying listen this publishing company has hired us to track down Sutter Kane. Mm. The man has disappeared off the face of the earth oh. and he has the transcript for his new book, In the this, Mouth of Madness. This guy, though, he's, um, you know, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's one of these faces that you just recognise. Yeah, he's, he's in everything. He's, yeah, he, he was one of these big uh, black exploitation type uh, actors like in the 70s yeah. and the early 80s. He's in a bunch of these type of things. He's, and whenever there was like a sort of black exploitation, like a um, throwback type movie, he'll always be in it, you know. I don't think he was on Black Dynamite, but he yeah. was in. Um, I want to say he was in that Wayans Brothers movie, one that they did in the eighties called "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." Yeah, I want to say that that was a good movie, by the way. But uh, yeah, he's one of those guys. But yeah, they're just having this conversation, just talking about he wants yeah. him to come. He wants Trent to come work for him. Yes, and while this conversation is happening in the background, we see a crazed axe-wielding man exiting a shop. I fucking love this shot though, because it's it's literally and the two guys are sitting in a booth. And you can see through the window of the cafe all this going on. Yeah, they're they're sitting at the window in a booth. And you see everything from the back. The guy's coming out of the bookstore. bookstore. And he's getting closer Uh, and closer. And and you see him with his axe. And and he breaks the window, makes his way to John. And says in a very... Do you read Sutter Kane? In a very heavy, uh, dubbed voice. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's ADR. His, his voice doesn't suit him. <laughs> yeah, it's ADR to fuck. This guy sounds like he's. This guy looks like he's been like living on like hamburgers and and fucking beer every day, right? Yeah. But he has the voice of like, do you read such a cane? <laughs> yes, he has a very distinguished voice. And his eyes are fucked. His eyes are like. His eye, he has two pupils. Yeah. In each eye. What was that? Oh right, no, that wasn't Lovecraftian. That was. Uh, did you ever watch the Exorcist TV show? No. Right, I did. It was okay. Uh, John Cho, great in the second season, but um, they—that's how they would show a possessed person. Oh, cool. Their eyes would be fucked like that. Like uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, a news reporter later states that riots have broke out regarding Sutter Kane's new novel, and stores failing to meet demand for pre-orders. Sutter Kane has disappeared and the axe-wielding man is revealed to be Sutter Kane's literary agent. That isn't revealed until... No, that's talked about right now when they're in the office. Oh, right, they're in the office. Yeah. So, basically, John goes to the office to discuss potentially taking on this case of Sutter Kane. Yeah, he's at the publisher's office with Charlton Heston. (laughs) Yeah! 
of all people. <laughs> is this is this the most what the fuck? Is this the most uh, stacked high, cast? Well, is this the most high-profile person that Carpenter's worked with? Charlton Heston. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because uh, you know you're undoubtedly going to hear people going Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance wasn't like an A-list guy. <laughs> He was he was good in everything he was in most yeah. of the time, but he Charlton wasn't fucking Heston. Charlton Heston, star of Planet of the Apes and The Omega Man and fucking Spartan, not Spartacus, uh, Ben Hur. Wayne's World Two. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's one thing he wanted to be remembered for. <laughs> oh no, you, oh, dude, no, come on, remember the scene we had in it for Wayne's World Two? It's one of the best scenes in the fucking uh, movie. I haven't seen Wayne's World Two. Oh man, um, no, right. <laughs> or his great comedic role in Bowling for Columbine. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the amount of uproarious laughter I had when he was, you can take it from my cold dead hands. <sighs> Charlton Heston. But anyway, so he's in the publisher's office discussing whether or not he's going to take the case. Mm-hmm. John at this point is convinced that this is just a publicity stunt. They're going to send the, send the writer away to some remote location Make it, you know, mm-hmm. cause hysteria with regards to, you know, understock shops so and that people disappearance. Weak, so that people freak out. Yeah. A supposed disappearance report that people who have read the books are going insane. Essentially, like, it's kind of like when yeah. it's kind of like when um, Cannibal Holocaust originally came out. Yeah, the director of Cannibal Holocaust, uh, Reggio Diodato, I think that's his name. He made the the cast sign these little contracts that said like. For a year, I think uh-huh. it was a year or two years, they weren't to appear in public. Yeah. So, that, uh, it was, so people would think they had disappeared. Because uh, remember, Cannibal Holocaust is essentially the first found footage movie, right? So yes. Nobody, had, nobody had seen this before. Nobody had seen anything like this before. Yeah. So when the movie came out, you know, people thought, "Holy fuck, these people are actually dead." Yeah. Uh, to the point where there was a court case. Yeah, he was taken to court on charges of murder, and like essentially, he was just like, "They're still alive. I can bring them in." Yeah. <laughs> so he brought them in, and then they had them like sit down and show how they would do like these different. Special effects, effects yeah. things like the the famous uh, you know pole coming out the yeah. spike coming out of the person's mouth. They just had somebody sit on a bicycle chair, yeah, and then just put like this piece of wood in between their teeth and go, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is how we did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> same with uh, Lucio Fulci. He was taken to court about that. The Italians were weird about their horror movies. He was taken to court about that. Was he? Yeah, uh, lizard in a woman's skin. Uh, there's a there's a sequence in that where a woman walks into a, a laboratory. There's always like dogs that are still alive, but they've been flayed open and their hearts are beating and shit. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. And I mean, looking at it now, it looks fake. <laughs> but yeah. I guess people at the time were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. You know, and they was kind of like, "We did it." <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, so, he, so he's convinced this is something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then, it's at this point as well, the company needs to get this book back. The reason. They have already sold the film rights mm-hmm. uh, to do so, which is an important note yeah. with regards to this yeah. particular film and a potential meta-commentary. This is also uh, where we're introduced to Styles. We are introduced to Styles, yes. Now, Kane's writing has been known to have an effect on his less stable readers. <laughs> as they say. Essentially, sort of Kane's like the, the yeah. less racist misogynistic version of Andrew Tate yeah <laughs> so John then goes off to investigate on his own well, well did point. you did you they don't send with styles yet well did you get the 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 sneaky little shot in at Stephen King 
No. <laughs> so um, Styles says something along the lines of, "You f- you can forget about King." Instead of K and L sells them all. <laughs> yes, yes. That, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're introduced to Styles, who is played by Julie Carmen, who is in. Uh, she's in the original Friday Night movies. Yes. Yeah, and she's also. Um, she doesn't do acting anymore. She's now like a psychotherapist. Like, oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, and she she does Good a bit. Good for her. Yeah, she does a bit in. Well, she does act sometimes, but she did a bit on In Search of Darkness, those documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was part three. She has a segment where she's explaining like the psychology behind a lot of these things. and it's actually pretty interesting she's, she's pretty cool yeah yeah cool lady very cool so we then we see more posters for a Sutter Kane novel this one not in the mouth of madness the yeah, Hobbs End Horror the Hobbs End Horror Do yes and then we see in an alleyway where a cop is just beating the shit out of this random wee guy yeah A-cab do you remember do you remember when horror novels is it A-cab or is it just a cab I've heard most people say it's A-cab yeah I've heard both Eh, whatever. But, um, I, I, do you fuck remember? The do you remember? Fuck the polis. <laughs> fuck the polis, come and see it from the underground. We can't sing the rest of the song because we're white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember when most, if not all, horror paperback novels all had covers like that? Yeah. Now they're just kind of these weird art design student type things. I just like, like them, but I also kind of miss the old style of yeah, like horror where, novels, where it looks like, like a, weird shit. Like, yeah, where it looks like old 80s like film po- posters. Yeah, it looks like old VHS posters. Yeah. Now I, uh, I don't like them. Now it's much more artsy. Yeah, I'm like, what? Because like, when you looked at the old book covers, you kind of knew what you were getting into. Yeah. Now you'll pick up a book that's called something like, I don't know slaughter at Battle Creek right and you, I'm sure you'll be able to get it from like the title but the like, the but the cover will just be like petals and yeah 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 <laughs> and like a hand or something you're yeah, like what yeah. the fuck is this <laughs> I don't know what this is <laughs> whereas it used to be like ghost, like goosebumps for fucking yeah. covers that's my shit. boomer rant for the day <laughs> bring back old paperback horror novel covers <laughs> don't, don't slam your fist too hard on the bed. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> go on, yell at that cloud some more, old I'm man. Even, I'm not even a boomer. <laughs> you're the same age as me. You well, you're not anymore. But no. you're the, you were you were the same age as me up until like I don't know a couple of days ago. Yes. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to double check. So, moving on, we then get this weird, creepy boy. Like, fucking John goes into a bookshop. Again, investigating Sutter Kane, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, right? Is this the guy who looks like he hasn't bathed in, like, fucking... Yes. There's this weak creepy boy with glasses that comes up to him and just says, I can see. He's got scabies. He sees you. Mm. Okay. Uh, there's then a weird <laughs> dream sequence calling back to the alley cop where he looks, like, disfigured and shit. Yeah, he looks like uh, he looks like the guy in Sleepaway Camp that got, like, all the, the water, or the soup pour. Oh, the beast? Things. Yeah, uh, he looks like that guy. See, I thought he looked more like uh, the... Fucking horror to fucking Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Father! Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Sorry, anytime, anytime somebody says father, I instantly go to the IT crowd. Father! <laughs> Unhand me, priest! <laughs> Speak, fucking, priest! It's yeah. a fucking great episode. I love Matt Berry to bits, man. The man is fucking wonderful. Have you seen that chop suey edit where they replace them? Yeah. <laughs> father! I showed you that! Oh, okay. Yeah! <laughs> I was the one who showed you that, you dick! 
but during the dream sequence, a weird a group of people with axes congregate behind John in the dream. Again, repeating that same phrase, he sees you. Uh, there's an excellent jump scare fake out. We get the dead space fake out when he wakes up in the coffin. Remember who he sees in the dream? Remember what happens in the dream? Who? He sees the literary agent getting stabbed. Oh, yeah. Getting cut apart in the dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets fucked. He gets messed up. Yeah. Then he wakes up. It's the dead space scare. Yeah, it's the dead space scare. He turns to his side and the cop's there. And Nicole's there. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Dead space hadn't even came out yet, but the character of Nicole is just there. And, uh, Speaking of Dead Space, that's one thing that annoys me. Like, uh, you know, to be fair, it's my own fault for watching them. But like, you know, you'll watch like these trash YouTube videos, like horror video game things you never noticed. Part one in Dead Space, all the trophies spell out Nicole is dead, or the chapter names spell yeah. out Nicole is dead. It's like we we, we know we knew <laughs> we've known that for a while. Uh, it's always the same fucking tone of voice these people have. Yeah, uh, it's the same tone of voice people have for like lore videos as well. Yeah, you know people are probably gonna say we have annoying tones of voices, but fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> I don't think we do. I think we're, you know we're just fucking Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves the Scottish. Our tones better than your tones. <laughs> Game of tones. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say whoever wins we lose, but that's fucking the tone roses. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna be a dog. <laughs> Indiana Tones. Oh, Jesus. I'm trying to think of other ones now. Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Tones. Attack of the Tones? I like that one. Uh, yeah, Nicole Scare. And he fucking sees Cop Man and he screams again and he wakes up with the book in his hands. Romancing the tone. <laughs> Fuck that movie. But I've never read a, a book no. and been like, for some reason, like horror movies might do it, horror games do it, but horror novels never really freak me out as much. Like, to the point where I'll be reading one and I'll have a nightmare, you know? Doesn't really happen to me. No, I've never really had that either, to be honest. Well, <laughs> it's happened to be with, with movies. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I've had proper, like. I've had, I've had the thing nightmares before. Yeah. Doesn't happen so much anymore, like at all, really. But you know, back in the day, because nah, you know we've grown up. Yeah, yeah. back in the day, you know, but yeah, whatever. So anyway, once John properly wakes up from his dream, uh, he then sets about ripping the covers off of all of the John Sutter books. Sutter Kane. Sutter Kane. <laughs> John Sutter. I'm getting people mixed up. Okay, this film fried yeah, my brain. Because he, he sees uh, some very. Uh, Deeply coloured lines on these yes. covers. He then cuts them apart and, and it's also them together. The, yeah, it's also revealed that Sutter Kane uh, designs the book covers himself. So not only is he apparently a very good writer, he can. Uh, He's a decent artist. He can draw as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, he cuts them apart and stitches them together to reveal a map. A map of New England. Yes. Uh, John presents his findings to the publisher, who is in turn, who in turn sends him and Miss Styles to New England. To find Sutter Kane. Specifically New Hampshire, but yes. New Hampshire. Yeah, New England's just uh You said it was a map of New England. Yeah, it's a map of New England. New England's the geographical area that encompasses. Yeah, well, then you fucking uh, Yes, it. yes, but no. Yeah. He says New England. Well, he says New Hampshire, but New England, I'm just explaining here, New England is like calling all of Ayrshire. It's like calling all of Ayrshire just Ayrshire. Like, New England's like 
uh, New York. Yeah, well, yeah, if you're going to Massachusetts, Massachusetts and several uh, other states I can't really recall because Maine, I think. But, uh, you know. Right, okay, fair enough. But New Hampshire, never been there. Here it's nice. <laughs> but, you know. Right, so there's a lovely, uh, again, this a similar conversation that we've heard before in Prince of Darkness where Styles and John discuss the nature of reality and how it de- entirely depends on the observer. So, you know, your reality, reality could change to someone else's reality. All that needs to happen is for one observer's yeah. reality to be believed more than the other, essentially. Yeah, that's something I've thought about before, where it's like, what if what I see is what everybody else sees? Like, what if that microphone doesn't look like that in, in your world? <laughs> what if I don't look like what I think like I look like in your world? Yeah. What if the sky, what if what I see is blue isn't actually what blue is? What if, you know, that shit. That's just... Mm. So that's that's one of two things. That's either uh, twenty grand a student debt in a philosophy course, mm-hmm. or a score bag of weed. Uh, <laughs> both have the same results, uh, <laughs> yeah. but one's a shit ton cheaper. <laughs> yeah, more fun. Yeah, <laughs> and more fun. Well, actually, I was gonna say one's more likely to get you laid, but um, I think you've got equal chance of both of them. To be honest. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a young cyclist passes the car while they're driving by and then a slightly older cyclist yeah, he also wakes her up before this with the, the fucking beep beep little horn in his uh, glove compartment oh yeah he has an air horn in his glove compartment for no fucking reason oh good you're awake he just starts chucking chips in what was it was he says never throw chips on a driver yeah <laughs> John Trent you little dick <laughs> strange hmm uh, shortly followed by Styles, then running over uh, an even older version of the same cyclist. Yeah, he just appears from nowhere. He's fucking yeah, yeah. Coming in, in the front of the direction. car. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then says, "The cyclist then says, I can't get out. It won't let me out.' We we need to also talk about how creepy this scene actually is. Yeah, because <laughs> it's shot incredibly well. Uh and uh, there's some really eerie music going on. Uh, like when we say it's dark, there's fuck all out there like you can't see shit it is literally just the car and the bike and the asphalt there's no you don't see the sides of the road in any of these shots it's pure darkness pure nighttime. yeah <laughs> I mean, we also uh, it's <laughs> I was reading um, a bunch of people when they were when they first saw this movie they all thought that the 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 guy on the bike was actually just John Carpenter. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just a guy in heavy makeup. John Carpenter just looks like a corpse. So. And he has done for quite some time. Yeah. Also, um, I've never seen, at least I've never seen, uh, people putting like uh, playing cards on their. Oh no! Yeah, that's that's a thing. Is that is that just to be like a sort of noise maker to let people know that you're there? Or? Yeah, yeah. Or what you can do is the equivalent is what we used to do is we would get a, a bot, an empty bottle of Lucozade and fling that mm. in between the tyre and like the frame and that would make it, that would make this rumbling noise and it would make it sound like a motorbike. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. That's what we used to do. Mm. Yeah, well, this guy just gets back up, gets on his bike and fucks off. Yeah. He won't let me leave. I can't leave. I can't get out. It yeah. won't let me out. Yeah. Yeah, and Styles then appears to later on. John so Trent, shortly after that. Trent is very fucking nonchalant. Trent is just he's like, oh, was he, he, this. Yeah, he's like, oh, was he okay? <laughs> he's just fucked off. You know? Yeah. 
He's like, oh, he, he does say they will call him the police when they get to Hobbs End. Yeah. So they what, then what, start what are you crossing to, over what are you a bridge. To tell them? I ran over a cyclist and then he fucked off. Yeah, it was like. All right, well. <laughs> Some guy turns up dead. We'll call you. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, if if somebody. You know, if a cyclist collapsed in front of a hospital with internal hemorrhaging, you know, we'll, we'll arrest you. So, thank you for that. Um, I don't think it'll be classed as a hit and run, though, because the guy left. Yeah, but it would Ooh. still be manslaughter. Because they caused the man's death. Fuck, things are much easier with dash cams now. Yeah. You can just prove shit. <laughs> before you had to get like a before you had to get like a thirty five millimeter camera and just sit it in between the two drivers the driver and the passenger seat and it was just recording. <laughs> and uh yeah. Don't need that anymore. No, no, don't need that anymore. Don't need the film anymore, thankfully, which is good. Well yeah. no, so we were back in the car and we were still driving, Trent's asleep. Styles is they start crossing a bridge. Oh no, before this as well, remember oh, uh, remember she's driving then but the lights are still on, but like the, the road markings just kind of disappear. And then she looks out the window and it's just the night sky. She's like, oh, Yeah, she's like driving, she's like flying in the sky. She's driving through a storm, then the bridge appears. Yeah, yeah. That was very trippy. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, This is fucking cool. This is some good shit. Yeah. Um, but, oh, Jesus Christ, it sounds like it, it kind of reminds me of like, um, I don't know how familiar you are with these stuff, but like stories of like high strangeness of like UFO encounters yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like that I was like whoa whoa <laughs> we're getting some interesting territory here but uh yeah it's drive through this bridge this covered bridge flashing lights everywhere if you're epileptic you're fucked yes yeah pretty much it still appears to be losing a grip on reality as they cross a bridge that seems to go on forever mm-hmm. however eventually when they get to the end of the bridge they look back and it's literally like less than maybe two or three metres yeah, it's just a cross, just crossing a river, you know. Yeah. Small river, you know. Yeah. It's like the bridge from Beetlejuice that they drive off of at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the pair then find Hobbs End and drive into town. It's <laughs> like, oh, you found it, Styles. Yeah. You're great. <laughs> uh, the town itself is completely lifeless until we see, through Styles' point of view, a group of children chasing a wee dog. Yes. Uh, so I'm John then walks up to Styles and taps on the shoulder and is like, hey, what's up? And then we see, once again, from her point of view, and everything's gone. Hmm. So this is a real town. This is, um, uh, it's called Unionville. It's in Canada. It's in Ontario. It's like yeah. 20 miles or so outside Toronto. I haven't been to Unionville, but I have been to towns that look like this in Ontario. Um, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're, yeah. they, they do get kind of spooky at night because everybody just literally goes home, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you might have, like, there was one I was in called um, Niagara on the Lake, which isn't Niagara Falls. It's, it's totally different. Yeah, but it's very nice. They, they filmed um, they filmed a bunch of movies, I think. I'm pretty sure they filmed uh, that Stephen King movie that Cronenberg did with Christopher Walken there, uh, The Dead Zone. Oh, fuck, yeah. The Dead Zone. I'm fairly certain they filmed that there. But, like, uh, yeah, it was one of these places where it didn't get deserted at night because it was a touristy town, but, like, yeah. it got quiet. Like, eerily quiet. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, And, like, we don't really get that here. Mm. We don't get that where we live because there's always cunts roaming around where we live. Aye. <laughs> uh, but, you know. Drunks, junkies. Scotland has policemen. a Policemen. Scotland has a drinking problem. No. Scotland mm. has a heroin problem, too. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. Scotland's a perfect place. 
that you should bring your families to and visit. Visit Scotland. People make Scotland. It is an amazing <laughs> place. Bring your own heroin. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. BYOH. Bring your own heroin. I've actually seen that. That's what they put. That's what they put at the bottom of fucking Edinburgh barbecue invitations. BYOH. Edinburgh, fuck me, man. Oh, what a fucking place. (laughs) Jesus, fuck, man. Uh, Bunch of fucking tart English. I don't know how many of you actually. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I fucking wrong? You're not, but. I was just about to say I don't know how many of you get our fucking Scottish no, geographical references I will say yeah. and then you just come out with fucking tartan Tories no, <laughs> like these Americans are going to get it not tartan English oh, right, yeah. well tartan Tories same thing yeah, I, I will say right, right of all of the sort of like geographical piss taking that Scotland does specifically the west coast of Scotland mm. most of it is taking the piss like I've got nothing against Edinburgh I've got nothing against folk for Edinburgh the English though I've, I've got nothing. Like, no, I've got nothing against the English. I've got yeah. nothing against England in general, right? I, I don't. Cunts. I don't hate anybody, except from Celtic oh, Football Club, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we just lost half our listeners. <laughs> The Welsh. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm yeah, joking. Celtic, I'm, yeah. No, no, don't don't diss the Welsh. Half of my fucking audience on Twitch is Welsh. Hey, <laughs> hey. Oh. I say half of my audience. By that I mean one guy, but he, one guy, but he's in chat all the time. He's a fucking legend. Did I tell you about the time I went to see Motorhead? No. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> just come back to Aberdeen. Yeah, not saying that the Welsh shag sheep, but you know. Thanks <laughs> for Aberdeen, certainly. Aye, aye, but. Uh, I remember I went to see Motorhead. And what'd, you, what'd you call a, a sheep tied to a lamppost in, in, in Aberdeen? A good time. A leisure centre. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, went to see Motorhead in 2010, a long time ago now. And uh, I still remember that <laughs> it was one of the funniest fucking days. I was like three that days after, it was like three days after three the days show. after the gig and you were still deaf. Oh. But like, uh, <laughs> he still had like tinnitus in Gla- his ears. But yeah, Glasgow was the second uh, stop on their, Euro- I think it was either a tour of the UK or a tour of Europe, I can't remember. But we were the second date of the, yeah, yeah. the, the first date was up in Aberdeen. And uh, they go through one or two songs, and Lemmy starts speaking. He's like, "Oh, we just got back from Aberdeen." Came back from Aberdeen. Oh, the full crowd just goes, "Boom!" Oh, it was just somebody. Just somebody shouted, "Sheep shadows!" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, they are." <laughs> <laughs> they fuck sheep, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Motorhead were great. But I know I'm, that's one thing I will never stop being jealous of you for is that you got to see Lemmy and Motorhead live. Well, there's somebody you should be even more jealous of. Who? Right. Uh, our good friend Alice. Do you know who she's seen? Who? Fucking Black Sabbath of Ozzy. No, no, uh, that's fucking awesome. Uh, I, the, my, my claim to, to music fame is I went to see ACDC live. Yeah. And uh, that was with, that was when Malcolm was still alive. Oh, right, I was going to say, Malcolm. Malcolm Young, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was before Malcolm Young passed, so it was the... The Black Ice lineup. I think it would have been cool. I think it would have been cool to see. Uh, remember when ACDC briefly had Axl Rose as their singer? Yeah, for like a hot minute. Yeah. I think that would have been pretty cool to see. I don't know. I, th- I think his voice suits them quite well, to be honest. Yeah. If they recorded anything, I probably would listen to it. But you know. oh yeah, I don't know. But then, you know, what's his name is back, so. Brian, yeah. 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 Whatever. The jolly fucking legend that he is. Mm. Have you listened to his previous band? 
No, not so really. They're just called Jordy. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah. Fucking love the Jordies, man. They're brilliant. Mm. But our geographical location references that we make, I don't know how many of you. Most of it is just us taking the piss. Uh, like uh, when I say uh, I don't mind English much either, I am going to the fucking. You're going down to fucking Reading, aren't you? I'm going deep behind enemy lines tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going down to like just. <laughs> I just sunk in behind enemy lines. What the fuck? As <laughs> if you're jumping on the train in full camo and like. <laughs> Full camo. Yeah. Full camo on an M16. Here we fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> what did they, what, what, what beer what what beer stereotypical English? What did the English drink? Stella. Stella. Yeah, well, that's, that's well, fucking Belgian, but you know whatever. It's also it's also <laughs> stereotypically. <laughs> no, I'll just I'll just disguise myself in an England rugby shirt and just kind of. I like that you had to specify rugby because you can't bring yourself to wear the football tap. Because <laughs> you've got too much respect. <laughs> but no, deep I wouldn't even it. honestly I wouldn't even be caught wearing the, the England rugby tap to be honest fine I'll wear, I'll wear an England cricket jersey who the fuck knows what that is up here now the Australians I don't even I don't, <laughs> I don't even know Scotland had a cricket team until very recently wait we do <laughs> yeah. what we do since when since forever apparently we just shit what the fuck although we did beat somebody fairly good not too long ago but you know I don't follow cricket, I'm not English. But like <laughs> Since when did Scotland have a cricket team? These posh cunts in Edinburgh have to do something. Yeah, no, that's fair. But no, uh, I mean No, I mean, deep behind enemy lines tomorrow. Bet you at least bet you at least one of them's Fickle McComb. Oh, probably. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going down to the Badlands tomorrow and uh, Good luck. It's gonna be interesting. And Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few places I've ever actually been called whitey but you know <laughs> for was, real yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it was very strange I got called whitey in the garage but that was for a different reason I got called uh, <laughs> I got called uh, I got called the n-word in, uh, so you did. in the toilet uh, in, in box in Glasgow yeah uh, I got the n-word pass that night it was great no you didn't you just got called it no it was a black person that called me yeah so you didn't get the pass Andy, Andy was like Jamaican so I can no you can't for, I mean it's expired now <laughs> <laughs> it was like four years ago or something so. <laughs> Every three, every two, three years, you need to renew it. <laughs> yeah, I need to find the guy again. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I was just pissed. I gave him a ton of money. They only toilet tenants have that little bowl for like money and stuff. Like, yeah, and they have like all the you know scoosh for the goosh. You right, know. So I was just pissed. You'll not get, you'll not get the funny unless you're wearing that money. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was just pissed. I gave him like a. I'm pretty sure. I how, gave many, him, how many of those? Have you heard, by the way, those wee sayings that they hit you when they're trying to offer you like cologne and stuff coming out the bathroom? They're fucking uh, class. The most I've ever heard was in the old campus. Like, Go on. Um, I, I can't remember. My favourite one I've ever heard was, uh, you'll not get the fanny unless you're wearing that manny. <laughs> that was like, you know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna ask for like a wee scoosh after you, but I'm gonna give you a couple of quid anyway because that's fucking top. Well, I was I was pissed. I gave the guy like a fiver, so he was like, oh, "Cheers, my N word." <laughs> I can't do his accent either, but you know. No, you cannot. Uh, but yeah. Don't even attempt it. Do you think white Jamaicans sound like that too? Yes, they do. I know for a fact that they do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, just in the same way that fucking black Scottish people sound like us. It's a fucking geographical accent. It's nothing to do uh, with the colour of your skin. I've never met a white Jamaican. I think that would be hilarious. Nah, man. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, I gave him a fiver and gave him the Edward pass for like I don't know how. So long. apparently, if we we inflation, it probably costs you about twenty quid now. But that's. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to the movie. So we found Hobbs End. The pair visit the Pikmin Hotel, which is another Lovecraftian reference. Yeah, the yeah, the Pikmin Galleries, yeah. yeah. Which is also referenced in Fallout 4. It is, yes. Yes. Uh, Styles knows about the place because she read about it and begins talking about it as though she's actually calling forth like first-hand memories. Yeah, because she, well, yeah, she, she also talks about um, at the hotel, there's the uh, the greenhouse, and she says, well, that's where all the, the townspeople saw this creature, the yeah, yeah, tentacle. Yeah. That, that's another Lovecraft reference. That's... Um, I mean, they call it the Hobbs End Horror, but that's uh, the Dunwich Horror mm. and Lovecraftian stories and stuff. But, mm. um, what's well, his uh, name? Trent makes a good point, uh, uh, makes a decent point, and I'm wondering why nobody's done this. Uh, I've, I've spoken to you about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Trent says, he, Trent seems to think that this is like. Um, this is all a setup. This uh, is like a tourist attraction yeah. for uh, Sutter Kane fans. Oh. And I was sitting there, I was like, why haven't they done this? Why hasn't anybody done this for, like, say, Stephen King? Most of his yeah, stuff... Yeah, because you, uh, you could set up, like, a fictional version of Derry, Maine. Oh, uh, yeah, and most of his stuff takes place there. So, like, uh, I'm not talking about rides or anything, like a theme park or anything. I'm talking, like, an interactive experience. Like, yeah. Uh, you walk through and there's all these different, like, situations or whatever. Like, yeah, like some of the houses... Like, a Ren, like, like you said, like a Ren Fair. Yeah, 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 yeah like a Ren Fair scenario. Like, uh, some of the... like. There'll be a section of it where it'll be like, you know, it and there'll be some Pennywise stuff throughout it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be like the carry house and all that kind of stuff and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, and even like if you wanted to include stuff that isn't set in Derry, like, uh, like The Shining, you could still... You could have the Overlook Hotel be like a bit away from it all. Uh, like. uh, and then like I was yeah. saying, like Stephen King would be perfect for that because he is like the most successful horror novelist ever. Of all time, uh, yeah. Um, Lovecraft would be a good uh, another one of these because most of his stuff takes place in the same sort of geographical location. Massachusetts, isn't it? Yeah, not the same town per se, but, but it's like, all around yeah. that state. Yeah. Uh, so like if you know you could do the, you could probably set something up in Boston. Yeah, you, you, even outside of Boston, you could just set up differently. Like you know how Disneyland has all their stuff set up into different sections. Like over here is the Animal Kingdom. Over here, yeah. Is, so you like, could be like over here is the Dunwich Horror. Over here is over uh, here is Innsmouth. Over Innsmouth, here is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you could Dunwich, like yeah. Yeah, over here is Arkham, Massachusetts. Oh. Where like fucking you know, and you could have like a whole reanimator thing. Yeah, there. like because if somebody was to do that, I guarantee that shit would make money. Like. I don't know. I feel like it would make money around about Halloween and it would die the rest of the year. Yeah, maybe, but, you know, dedicated... See, if you were to do it similarly to how Steven, Universal Horror Nights do it. Yeah. Oh, well... Steven, when you could do, Steven, like, a pop-up. A Stephen King land, though, I think would make more money than a Lovecraft land. That's, yeah, yeah. Stephen King's more popular. Uh, I think if you did a Stephen King land, it might maybe not make, like, tons of money throughout the year. Again, it would probably make most of the Halloween. But Stephen King, I think, has enough... Uh, dedicated fans the only problem there is though is that you have a that's not necessarily a growing fan base I don't know because those because you're not really like the movies do every time the movies come out they've got like some you'll get a couple of new fans right yeah those Ep movies did really well so yeah but you forget when did the the last of those Ep movies come out that was like a few years ago as well 17 or something yeah so like until another adaptation comes out that's going to struggle Whereas something like a Ren Fair, 
so long as there are cunts playing D&D, no, there'll true. be cunts going to Renfair, no, so long as there case, are folk reading fantasy then, novels. In that case then, Lovecraft, might, uh, Lovecraft one might do well because you've got the, the, the RPG game, but I don't know how popular that is, but uh, compare yeah, it. I, I mean, compared like to D&D, it's obviously not, but... Yeah, but like I feel like it could do well, but it would need to be like a pop-up thing during Halloween. Mm. Like a Stephen King. But yeah, As if either of us have the money to actually pull that off. Oh, yeah. I like what, how we're talking about this as though we could possibly do it. We would need like five lottery wins on the trot to afford that shit. Yeah. But yeah, so back to the movie. They go into Pickman's Hotel. It's a very... And the receptionist is Happy Gilmore's granny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to... Um, I can never remember her name, but... Um, She's in a lot of David Lynch things. She's in Blue Velvet. She's in Twin Peaks and that. So I. I don't care. She's uh, Happy Gilmore's grandmom. Uh, I just recognise her. I uh, from David Lynch things. <laughs> but yes, yes, Happy Gilmore's grand as well. But uh, yeah. they, they enter the Pickman's Hotel. It's a very nice old timey Victorian looking mm. house. Uh, uh, yeah, John asks after Kane. Uh, the receptionist replies, "I don't know anybody named Kane." Somebody famous around here, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Nobody just, comes through here anymore. St- yeah, Styles gets a fright as one as the painting in the lobby begins to move. Mm-hmm. And she then poses to ask yeah, it's a what, painting of um, it's of like, two people overlooking a pond by the yeah. church in town. I thought the church appeared in the painting afterwards. Oh no, you're right, the church yeah. isn't in the painting until the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a couple walking by the river, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a lovely wee painting. Yeah. Until one of them turns around to face them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like, what the fuck? Why did you actually turn around yourself? We're not filming this shit. They can't see that. The most they'll hear oh. is your ass against the seat. Oh, it's like something that you see in like the haunted mansion, like Disneyland. It's pretty. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Doesn't you know there's a new one of those coming out? I do. A new film for the haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty decent. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it can't exactly. be worse than the, than the Eddie Murphy one fuck so. you that film was great no it wasn't yes, go, it back, go was. back and watch that I movie. have I yeah. love it yeah. Jennifer Tilly's amazing in it it's a bad movie it's a good movie fuck you <laughs> it's a good nostalgic kids horror movie it's a bad movie it's a good movie but anyway get in the comments <laughs> they go up to the Pikmin's they go up to the Spotify room. doesn't have comments we're fucked no, but uh, they go up to their room and uh, you know they have another argument about you know what if Kane's work isn't fiction uh-huh. uh, to which John thinks he's got his, uh, his trump card where he's uh, like if you were right yeah. then the church would be outside this window outside this he window he opens the window the church isn't there and she just basically goes wrong window fucko opens another window and there's the church <laughs> and that church is real it's a, it's a Russian I think it's Russian Orthodox Russian Orthodox right? yeah um in Unionville they didn't do anything to change it that's what it's one of no there's like. no set design done whatsoever yeah. to that that is an actual location uh-huh. it's amazing <laughs> I wonder how the I wonder how the people that ran the church felt were like hey we're going to use this place as like a location it's for, like an unholy nightmare uh, for all evil well yeah, sure my child uh. yeah. come on through right. <laughs> let's do this <laughs> oh yeah well no it's a creepy looking church though yeah, you got any booze yeah like I <laughs> <laughs> the Jewish now? <laughs> Russian Orthodox Jews. Um, yeah, but this is Russian Orthodox Christians. Oh, I didn't know that. You just said Russian Orthodox. I assume Jewish. All right, so Russian Orthodox um, is if you, oh right, at one point the Catholic Church split into like years ago when they were talking about popes and shit. So yeah, yeah. So the Russian Orthodox, um, Eastern Orthodox, Greek also Orthodox. went and, yeah. Okay. Uh, so they have their own version of the Pope and all that stuff. Oh, cool. I'm not an expert on it, so I might be wrong, but th- there's. 
there's differences. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so the town is lifted directly from a Sutter Kane novel. The town they are in is from the Hobbes from, End Torah. Uh, just to add on to that, from what I understand, the Orthodox are kind of like more accurate to what Christian worship was like in like the old New yeah, Testament yeah, yeah. times. Yeah. That's my understanding of it. I could be wrong. I'm, right. not, a, I'm not a theologist. Okay. So the t- it is revealed the town is lifted directly from the Hobbes End Horror. And so John begins using the novel as a guidebook to, see, so, to kind of find out where he even says as such when he's talking about the church. Yeah, yeah, he's like, okay, as well, using this, using this fictional novel as a goddamn guidebook. This mm-hmm. is horrendous. And then the children that are chasing the dog return briefly in the background and then they disappear. And by the way, once again, I cannot overstate how beautiful a location this church is. Mm-hmm. And how, frankly, insane it is that they were able to find this place and that fits so well into this story and just looks so fucking perfect for the film and they didn't need to add anything to it. It's amazing to I me. I think the only thing they added to it was um, there's a mural above the front door where it has, like, the Archangel Michael. Whatever, yeah, yeah, that was added. Find a demon. I don't imagine that was on there, but, you know. Not even a demon, just, like, one of the... The things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so cars then begin to approach the church at high speed. Uh, one man gets out of this car shouting for Cain. Vigo the Carpathian? Yeah, from Ghostbusters Vigo, yeah. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny boy! <laughs> the, yeah, the church doors open revealing a child, which is this, mo- which is the, the leader of this mob. Uh, it's his son, young Johnny. Johnny boy. <laughs> the child is then replaced by Cain. Oh no, the door keeps slamming the shut. The door sl- and, uh, keeps slamming and op- shut and opening and slamming shut and opening. And then and eventually one time it opens again and it's Cain. Sutter Cain, played by Jürgen Prochnow. Yes. German actor. He's in a, He's probably most famous for... Um, he's the captain of the submarine in Das Boot. Yes. And he's also in David Lynch things. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he's... He's in the Twin Peaks movie. He's one mm-hmm. of the woodsmen. But yeah, he's a, he's a pretty good actor. I wish he did a lot more stuff over here. I wish he did a lot more stuff in... Uh, he's still alive. I don't know why I'm talking about him. It's like he's dead. But uh, I, think, <laughs> I, think he, I think he's still alive. Um, no, he's still kicking a ball, huh? Yeah, I, I wish he did more stuff in David Lynch things because I think he would have done very well in them. Yeah. Vigo the Carpathian is dead, though. He's Three Dobermans appear. More than three, there's more than three. Nah, there's just three. No, more come. More come later on. No, no, it's the same shot as like three of them. Yeah, they run and then there's more behind them. Because there's more than... Yeah. Oh, fuck, okay. Uh, They they then appear and then chase down the arm mob. Yeah, that whole bit reminds me of like, see when that was happening, I was sitting there just thinking like Mr. Burns voice. Smithers, release the hounds. Release the hounds. (laughs) That's a good Burns way, though. Burns impression. Release the hounds. Yeah. Yeah. They're Dobermans as well in the cartoon, I think. Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, although I yeah, although right, this is I like uh, when they have angry dogs in movies attacking people, you know. But these ones clearly aren't, you know. They're they look happy. Yeah. <laughs> and like they they have to add in like all this really like heavy growling noises Yeah, like, yeah, just like they have to make it uh, sound like they're being like, like brutal, but uh, it's very clearly they're just playing. Yeah, like the dogs have the dogs aren't like I mean there's close ups of them snarling their teeth, but when they're running they're not, they're just kinda of running like <laughs> Yeah, yeah so. just big dopey bastards like yeah. Dobermans tend to be. Yeah, and then you know, Trent again has his one little argument with 
Uh, styles as they're leaving this place. How did you know the the, the, the nah, how did you know the mob was coming? How did you uh, know? If there's one thing about this movie that I find quite annoying, I suppose it was kind of designed to be that way, yeah. is that Trent is firmly in the this is all fake right up until pretty much the very end, more or less. Until the end, I would say like he starts to believe something's go- like he, I would say like he's more like oh shit this might be real when fucking Vigo the Carpathian blows his head off, but you know yeah yeah but. Yeah. Not even before then, because that happens when he's trying to escape the town. Yeah, it's only it's only after that he's like, oh shit, because there is because he remember he meets. Because well, he begins trying to escape the town. Oh, uh, because yeah, yeah, remember he meets him and then he like throws the glass at him. Then he tries to escape, right? And he does that a couple of times before heading back into the bar. And then yeah, uh. it's revealed that the new book is about the end of the world. Oh, yeah, this is also where Stiles says that um, Trent's uh, theories about it being fake were partially true. Yes, that this was originally supposed to be a publicity stunt that he we're going to send out. He was just going to, they were just going to send them away. He was just going to stay at home for a while, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but here's the thing, he didn't go home. Mm. They don't know where he went. And then eventually they found Hobbs End. And that's when... Styles were like, oh no, something's actually fucking happening here. Yeah, because they didn't build this. Because <laughs> they did not build this town. This town does not exist. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. If it's not in our records, then it does not exist. What a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> Snooty bitch. <laughs> Do you know her name? Jocasta New or something. New. Jocasta New. Yeah. Uh, in the, I unlocked her in the, co- her in the comics. Uh, she has a rifle that fires lightsabers. Excuse me? Yes. Well, yeah, so, uh, where were we? Yeah, the, she reveals that, you know, it was... Uh, the new book was about the end of the world and that this was the thing. John then attempts to leave the hotel and notices another change to the painting in the lobby. Now both individuals are facing away from the lake towards mm. John... Oh, yeah, and, and their faces are slightly disfigured. And because we for- we forgot to mention it, um, it's because it kind of becomes relevant in like five seconds. Uh, Mrs. Pickman is a character in the Sutter Kane books where she. Uh, yes, where she murdered her husband. And as Trent says, turned him into coleslaw, chopped him into coleslaw. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But that doesn't make sense because coleslaw is veggie. Maybe it just means like. So the how really can you cut a person into the really coleslaw? S- yeah, like the really small strips of... So surely they just mincemeat? Yeah, whatever. You would just say, fucking turn them into mincemeat. But no, I had to say or, coleslaw. Or she chopped him up till he was the consistency of coleslaw. What, just slimy and shit? Mm. Yeah, I said what I said. Fuck coleslaw. Yeah, coleslaw's disgusting. Coleslaw's oh, yeah. mining. Yeah. Same with uh, sauerkraut. I don't know, I've never had sauerkraut. Oh, that's I, gross. I can't. But anyway, yeah, um, he, he's talking to Mrs. Pickman. We also see that Stiles stole his car keys. Um, oh, no, she takes the car keys and fucking bolts. Oh, uh, well, this is how he's talking to Mrs. Pickman. Remember, he's talking yeah. to her. And she looks like she hasn't slept in ages. She has these yeah, yeah, she's got the dark rings around her eyes. She looks like a little goth girl who's like, you know, just discovered fucking eyeshadow. She, yeah, she looks <laughs> like she just, she looks like she just bought her first Evanescence album. Uh, and <laughs> she's about to go to a Nightwish concert. And, uh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> Not even did, Nightwish. That, did that hurt you? Nightwish. are great. I just really don't like that style of metal. Oh, come on, man. You no. can't deny it's fun. 
Like, it's I can deny fun. it's fun. I don't find it fun. Fuck you. Um, I fucking love Nightwish. Corset core. Fucking hate it. Yeah, it's but, fucking um, great. No, no, I wasn't even going to say Nightwish. You're going to be like oh, fucking uh, the birthday massacre or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. In this moment and all that shit. Looking yeah. a coil. Maybe. They're fun. <laughs> They're yeah. fun. And so is Nightwish. Yeah, I just like all that orchestral shit in my metal. I do. But yeah, um, Pikmin looks like she hasn't slept in four weeks. She looks like she's about to go through her first birthday massacre gig and yeah. she's going to have a great time. And yeah. we hear a low... A low groan. Yeah. Sounds like that. Sounds like, sounds like Woodhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Woodhouse without his heroin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot they established that he was a heroin addict. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was mad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the camera then reveals that there is a naked man chained to the receptionist. Yeah, handcuffed to Pickman's ankle. Yeah, handcuffed to her ankle. It's naked old man arse. I remember it was at that point when I was watching this a few years like, I can't take notes to this. <laughs> oh, no, I, I continued. Uh, uh, I think it was at this point, though, you were sitting there being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what, <Yeah. have> I, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah, what have I got myself into? Uh because let, let, let's just put this in perspective up until this point this movie has just been very creepy yeah nothing overtly mental has then, happened then this weird shit just happens like, oh. then that comes right out and right the fuck out of nowhere looks like it belongs in like a hostel movie yeah and you're like oh okay yeah uh, we then get this awesome line which is don't let it get to you just get out hmm yes that is a line delivered by Vigo the Carpathian Vigo in the bar uh, meanwhile, Styles is going to investigate the church. Yeah, he's confronted it, by the children. Oh, uh, and then um, Trent's still convinced that everybody in the town's act. Yeah, he's I still think he's explaining like, this. I think he's yeah. talking about this to to Vigo. Vigo yeah. yeah, and uh, while Styles is investigating the church, we she's confronted by the children once again. But this time they're up close You're and personal, <laughs> and they yeah, their makeup is fucking quality. Yeah, they look. And they like look all sorts of like they have various different deformities. Mm-hmm. Some of them look like one of them looks like a ghoul from Fallout. Uh, another one has like a kind of melted face. Yeah, There's another one towards the back that looks Yeah, the like, melted face one kind of kind of reminds me of um, have you seen the original Total Recall? Yeah. The girl with, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another one that kind of looks like like her skin is kind of sloughing off of her, like not actually melted, but like actually like peeling away. Jesus Christ! I've like radiation. Word, I've heard the word sloughing too much over the past couple of weeks. Fucking yeah. last podcast, they did their whole series on often uh, and, yeah. and they were talking about sloughing the entire time because people were apparently sending comments going like, "When are you gonna get to the sloughing?" It's like, "We'll get to the sloughing." <laughs> God damn it, man! It's fucked up. But uh, now one of the kids yeah. also looks like the one that's sitting there going like, "You're my mommy. It's mommy's day." She kind of looked like the it's uh, Mother's Day. Yeah, <laughs> she kind of looked like the fucking uh, Innsmouth. Um, yeah, yeah. Not so much fish lips, but like, you know, just... Yeah, a little bit, just yeah. Just this genuinely creepy thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mummy's Day. Yes, so we then see a wooden plaque on the door by the church that states, Any who dare enter this unholy site be damned forever. Hmm. I'm fairly certain the inside of the church is a set and not the Yeah, so the, the church interior is also beautiful <laughs> and creepy. Yeah. Uh, Styles finds an old door in the church and makes her way through to find a small room with a, type, with a typewriter in it. Jump scare. A strange substance seems to be leaking from the walls. <laughs> she smells it. She closes the door, opens it again. The room is now considerably larger, and now Kane sits at the do- at the typewriter alongside one of the Dobermans. 
It's very, uh, this room is very Twin Peaks. She no, enters Twin the Peaks, room. Um, Silent Hill. And a, dis- yeah, a disembodied arm grabs Styles. <laughs> when she turns to see who it was, there's nothing there. Mm. But no, this whole this whole room is very Silent Hill, like when very yeah, just like the what you mean like the dog ending when it's like the control room. No, I room. mean like uh, I mean like just, uh, <laughs> just the the color palette of it. No, you know I get you, yeah, yeah, like that kind of rusty, uh, like kind of reds and browns, yeah. yeah. yeah that is very Silent Hill. You see, there's a new Silent Hill movie coming as well. No. Yeah, the guy that wrote and directed the first one is coming back to do it. Oh shit! Okay, that could be interesting. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. And there's a new Silent Hill game coming out. Yes, that's true. Not set in Silent Hill, but yeah. Yeah, it's like a what? Few, where is it? Again? It's going to be set in 1960s era Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sounds interesting. Really. It does. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be good. But anyway, so Kane stops typing and gets up to greet uh, Styles, whose full name is Linda Styles. Linda AJ. Yes. Uh, and states you can edit this one from the inside looking out oh yeah to be established if she was Sutter Kane's editor yes she's yeah. Sutter Kane's editor yes, if we yes, didn't but so. so he then states for years I thought I was making this up but they were telling me what to write and then he gestures towards what they are and there's this massive wooden door which is now wet and pulsating there's this almost like reddish green moss coming out from throughout it it's pretty gross the the door looks alive Mm. and when I say pulsating it's almost as though it's breathing uh, there's also certain parts where they're like sticking out other parts when other parts aren't so the only way I can describe it is like uh, almost someone from behind pushing to try and get out I was also going to say like do you remember specifically aliens when Ripley's having her nightmare about the chestburster coming yeah and you, she sees yeah. it yeah. it's kind of like that yeah. but on a bigger scale <laughs> it's pretty gross um, yeah and then we then get this line from Cain uh, the new bible it starts to change helps you see Cain uh, holds her head to the page having a pretty good head massage as well which is now things. glowing and a montage of the film's events play out in quick flashes and Linda Stiles' eyes begin to bleed. Yeah, we get the past, present, and future flashes. Yes. Uh, Linda then caresses Kane as the camera zooms out to reveal a creature growing out of the back of his fucking head. Yeah, so I, I took this to him because you never because you don't see that thing growing. You know, you ever again. Yeah. It's just there, and then that's it. So I I took that to when I was watching it this most recent time. I took that to mean like you know, uh, Kane wasn't always you know controlled by the I was I took it to mean like he was being controlled by these otherworldly creatures like he wasn't always like fucking but so what cuz cuz he does I talk took about, a, I took a similar route cuz he does talk about um more people need to believe in it for them to come back yeah. so I took it to mean like he might have discovered whatever the fuck they are yeah. right and then he was like oh, that's a pretty cool idea maybe he didn't know they were real right and he's like that's a pretty cool idea for some story so he starts writing some shit and then as more he writes about it the more he starts to realize that uh, yeah. and other people and then you know he's been he's been taken uh, over and controlled by these things they're compelling see, him to I, write more stories about it I went down a similar route but not quite the same as yourself mm. my interpretation of it was that he has been working for them for quite some time oh yeah that's what I mean like, thinking uh, that no no but knowing that they're real mm. and thinking that he would work alongside them but over time rather than him being a part of the they've rather than 
him becoming a part of them, they've made him mm. one of them. And so, like, rather than him becoming, like, a partner, he's just become swallowed up by this entity and is now just another part of this weird hive mind-like race of mm-hmm. creatures. I don't know if he still does, but that just, makes, that just reminds me of um, the guitar player in Morbid Angel. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, have you listened to Morbid Angel? Not really, no. So Morbid Angel, if you don't know who Morbid Angel are, they're a, they're a death metal band. They're one of the first ones. Um, their lyrical inspirations take heavy influence from... Oh, my usage. Their, their lyrical influence takes heavy influence from Lovecraft. They say right, okay. a lot of Lovecrafty stuff. Okay. And their guitar player, uh, Lovecraft, Doom, and like Quake, of all things. But, um, Have you played Quake? What? Have you played much of Quake? Not a lot. Then, well, if you play any amount of Quake, you'll know exactly why it's linked to fucking the Lovecraftian stuff, trust there, me. There is, a, there <laughs> is another, ad. there's another Death Metal band, I think they're called Alchemy of Flesh, who are really inspired by Doom. But, yeah. um, but yeah, their guitar player, Trey Azathoth, obviously took what his name. What a name. He took his name from, uh, you know, Lovecraftian shit. Yeah. He gave an interview uh, a while back where he was talking about his influences, and I'm not entirely sure if he was being serious. A lot yeah. of people think he was. Uh, but he seems to believe that these Lovecraftian elder gods were real. <laughs> well, no, that uh, is, there is a whole religion uh, that is spawned around Lovecraft. There well, are those that follow the likes of Nyarlathotep mm, and whatnot. Well, he he seems to believe it. So he yeah. uh, he's I don't know if he still does, but at the time he certainly did. So who knows? Maybe this shit's real. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe maybe Morbid Angel or be maybe Morbid Angel will be the new Sutter Kane. I say the new Sutter Kane they've been around since like eighty seven. But you know uh, <laughs> It so takes a while for these things to John paces the floor waiting for Linda to come back. Uh, just as he opens the door to the hotel, we get a jump scare as Linda crashes into John, saying, Help me. I'm losing me. Mm-hmm. Don't will... look at it. Don't read it, John. I'm losing me. I have to say though, why the fuck is Trent still in this hotel? Still in this hotel? I mean, he could have gone. I mean, sure, he did nip out for a bit to the he pub. Can't go home. I know the car's gone. The car was gone. But like, uh, and you know, you can leave if he wants to. I know, but he doesn't know that yet. But like, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's down at the front desk talking to Mrs. Pickman. He hears all this mysterious groaning. And she's like, down. She look. She's looking down and kicking some shit. You know. Yeah, yeah. And she's being very shifty. I, 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 I would be out of that hotel. I would be anywhere but that hotel. But you've got to remember as well, he's under the impression that this is all fake and part of the show. So yeah. he's just probably assuming that this is like... Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, because he's read the book where Mrs. Pickman is the killer. Mm-hmm. So he's just most likely at this point assuming that it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Nice one. I like it. Nice touch. Mm-hmm. Nice little, you know... She did have those funny lines, though, remember? He's like, oh, yeah, Styles mentioned something. She's like, Styles. I don't know her. <laughs> yeah. It was like very, um, uh, you know, shifty. And then, yeah. uh, what was it? She says, uh, he's, he asked her if she, if she painted all the pictures in that uh, room. And she's like, ah, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. That did get a laugh at me. She just went, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so John then, then goes to reception to try and get help. That's where, he, that's where his kiwi comes back yeah. only says. to find that the painting has once again changed mm-hmm. and now shows two ungodly creatures 
looking out by the lake that kind of look like the centaurs from Fallout 3 they do <laughs> they do and the, the church is in the painting now as well yes I saw that image way like years before I watched um, the movie because it was used in some uh, well I saw that but when I, I saw that image when I, before like years before I watched the movie because that image was used in a creepypasta I think yeah it was yeah you're right <laughs> I just remember looking at it and being like I've seen that somewhere but, yeah uh, where the fuck did that come from yeah because when you if, because like obviously it's fake but like when you look at it and um, all black and white because they put it in black and white it adds some green effect to it or whatever of it's, course they did it's it, it looks fairly real yeah oh sweet you know I think they said it was something to do with like Russian military experiments something naturally so, something you know, to do with like Chernobyl or some shit like, probably yeah. I don't know like, this photo was taken near Pripyat by the local church yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like these fucking Weird things. I could all know the local church are currently cutting about with fucking DSLR cameras, just waiting to take some photo or some sketch shit. We also know that the the Russians had church back in the Soviet Union, but you know, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was a little bit. Yeah, that's a fucking point as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit of historical inaccuracy. <laughs> it's a good creepypasta, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So he tries to locate Miss Pickman. Here's some uh, horrible sounds coming from the basement. Oh yes, and this is where this movie just goes completely. Batshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see this massive tentacle monster in the greenhouse. No, no, before this, I mean, oh, in sorry, the basement. Yeah. In the basement. basement. We see Mrs. Pickman with all these tentacles growing out of her, and she has an axe. and She she's... looks like an extra for Basket Case 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't she? Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. If Basket Case 3 was a, a serious movie. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, it, it not, a not a comedy. It, it is a serious movie. What are you talking about? It's a documentary. <laughs> but no, she's, she's hacking away at poor old Mr. Pickman. Just uh, having a grand old time. Yeah. <laughs> he freaks the fuck Cutting out. Cutting him to pieces. He freaks the fuck out. Yeah, and is this where we get the, oh, fuck that. Like, no, that, no that, was, that was earlier when, when yeah. they were arguing about reality and shit. But this, uh, but this oh, yeah, yeah, he just hits it with a fuck that and then bolts it the room. Yeah, because this is when he's like, yeah, yeah, saying no. that this is all a setup and that yeah, he's, yeah. he's been used. And this is now where he's like starting to be like, oh, no, wait. No, no, he's still, no, no, he still thinks this is all. Yeah. He just freaked out, but he still yeah. thinks it's all fake because. Uh, because remember he... Um, oh yeah, he has that conversation with Vigo at the bar. No, he goes back to the bar. Yeah. And uh, he's throwing like glasses at him and shit. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, if you, if you think that's bad, you should see my face. And he's got like bite marks in his face. Yeah, yeah. Little Johnny boy. Little Johnny has like fucked him up. Uh, and he <laughs> then I suppose he's like, if you think that's fake, watch this. And he just kind of... Yeah, like, and he shoots himself in the head. He cut Cobain's at... Uh, takes a shotgun to his foot. No, I'm kidding. No, and he doesn't cut Cobain it because Courtney Love's nowhere to be seen at this point. Uh, so he takes. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Did <laughs> Courtney murder him? We don't know. Uh, yeah, we fucking do. Nah, we don't. I'm, I'm not going to say that. We don't know. I'm not trying to get done for defamation. Are you fucking no, kidding me? No. Fuck that shit. How does. Yeah, and you get. You, yeah, him and Styles get back to the. No, he goes. Remember, he goes back up to the room yeah. where Styles is, and then like uh, he sees her through like the bathroom door because it's that frosted glass shit. Yeah, so yeah, his yeah. Tentacles everywhere. Uh huh. Yeah, so she's transforming as well. Mhm. Mhm. She throws him through a door. Yeah. 
<laughs> I did think it was funny though that when, when she throws him through the door he gets back up and he looks rather nonchalant about it <laughs> yeah he doesn't look like afraid he looks pissed off <laughs> he's like what the he's fuck like, how, how dare you how fucking dare you he does manage to get in the car at this point though yes he does yes and he attempts to drive away oh that's where the whole uh, and we begin a time loop yeah where he runs into a mob hits the brakes of the car so he doesn't hit anyone reverses mm-hmm. leaves the town and then uh, what was it then on the, when he's like on flashes, the road or when he's on the road the uh, the lines in like the middle of the road I can't remember what they're called but they begin to kind of like flash and then all of a sudden he's back in there hitting the brakes to avoid hitting the crowd yeah, and he attempts to leave he's sitting there he's like oh, a couple of wrong turns that's all it is he's still, yeah, trying, yeah, to yeah. still trying to like yeah until eventually he gives up and he tries to drive through the crowd no, I remember, no, I remember, um, so after the second time... No, I said, yeah, there's, that happens a couple of times. Yeah, so after the second time he gets Styles back in the car, because remember, the only reason he tries to plow through them is because she isn't there anymore. He gets Styles back in the car, and that's yeah. when she, she eats his keys. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has the hot wire his car, he, they're driving, and then uh, she tries to make out of them. He's like, he's written me this way, and that freaks him out, because, you know, he's all about consent. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. Forcibly breaks the car, and this is where we get like one of the creepier imagery things we've ever seen. Where yeah, where she's like her head is like on the wrong way, and she's like crab walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a contortionist, and it was just like somebody wearing a mask of her. And, yeah, so like her, her head's upside down. Real? I thought it was an animatronic. <laughs> I wish. What the uh, fuck? <laughs> so contortionist and all that shit. And, I used to date a contortionist. Did you? Yeah, she broke it off. Oh. Makes it sound like she was just kind of like, <laughs> she snapped like a wham bar. Yeah. Uh, wham bars don't snap; they just bend. If they're cold, they do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, it's very creepy looking. It kind of reminds me of um, do you remember Halloween three near the end when she's like revealed to be a. See, I was thinking more. It reminded me more of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two. Oh, the fucking dogs. The dogs with baby faces, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Maybe that. What the fuck were they? Does it, that never gets explained. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, no, it just happens. <laughs> yeah, they just sit there like, that would be kind of cool. Put these dogs with human faces in there. <laughs> you know what we really fucked up? <clears throat> we put dogs with human faces inside the boiler room. That'll fucking get them. The guy's getting really high right now. Stuff and somebody goes up you to You know what else we should do? Make it gay. <laughs> oh, I was thinking like he's writing all these ideas like John you know it sounds really gay no it doesn't <laughs> what are you talking about oh, yeah. See, I go to these leather bars <laughs> doesn't mean it, are you gay yeah. <laughs> no what are you talking about I dance around in my clothes my secret is <laughs> that Norm Macdonald bit it's like suppose that once is my one secret is I'm a deeply closeted gay man <laughs> wait you're gay no <laughs> 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 no. Imagine uh, imagine every movie of Norm Macdonald is just in it, just kind of commenting, just commenting on shit. Uh, <laughs> oh mate, imagine obviously it could never happen, but imagine a Norm Macdonald riff track. How fucking amazing would that be? I like to imagine like. Um, now you know what I would. You know who would be a fucking great riff track? Mm. Bill Barr. He would do a fucking great riff track. That would be pretty good. Um, uh, I like to. I I like to imagine. Um, imagine. 
We both like Star Trek. No, no. I'll tell you who would make a fucking amazing riff track. Uh, Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes? Yeah. Imagine I'm just ripping into fucking films. Who the fuck's Wanda Sykes? She's, oh, fucking, she's fucking brilliant. She's a, com- a comedian. She was in, uh, she's done like a, she was in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was in fucking uh, Evan Almighty. She's the receptionist to his character. Uh, she, oh, what the fuck, man? What else is she in? She's in fucking horror uh, stuff. Imagine like she's a great comedian. Imagine like Star Trek, right? If in every episode of Star Trek you just have Norm Macdonald, who's written in. Oh right, yeah, no. That's one. Imagine, imagine, imagine Norm Macdonald who's written into every episode of Star Trek, right? Yeah. Not even he's just kind of like an audience surrogate character. He's yeah. just sitting there, just commenting on everything, just being like, "Well, that's fucking weird." That's. But yeah, imagine him in this movie, just freaking out. Not even freaking out. That would be mad. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, that's the f- he manages to get the car back working after uh, Styles eats his keys and turns all contortionist on him and mm. starts laughing in a weird sort of demonic hum of him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drives the car again, finds his way back to the town where all that mob is. This time he decides to plow through them. Yep, because he realises that... It's the only way out. <laughs> yeah. And instead of plowing... He doesn't manage to plow through them. They all kind of like sidestep him. And uh, as he's going straight forward, who appears in front of him? Styles. Yeah. <laughs> so he swears, crashes, and crashes the car. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets pulled out. And this is where we think, this is, you know, is he going to get murdered? No, he just gets put in a confessional box. Yeah, and he is now having a one-to-one conversation with the one and only... Such a kind. <laughs> yes, who is on the other side of the the confessional. Yeah, just a nice little conversation all about philosophy and, you know, how Such Kane's works are more... Uh, more people more believe- read than the more people have read his books and believe in them than have read the Bible. Now I'll call bullshit on that one. Uh, I don't because I don't. No, I do because like the Bible's been around for longer, so like aggregate readers like. Yeah, but how many of these people who call themselves Christian have actually read the Bible? Oh, you know what? Yeah, good point. Mm. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, fuck it. You're right. Yeah. So, I don't know, but, you know, more Accurate. people have read his works and believe in them than have read the Bible. His, his books have been translated into, I can't remember how many languages it says, but it's pretty much all of them. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much all the major ones. Yeah. <laughs> See if it'd been translated to Doric. Yeah. <laughs> have, you read, have you heard of that, Mr. Trent? <laughs> but, I would uh, love to read, like, a proper fucking horror story translated into Doric but no I mean yeah so they have this heady conversation all about philosophy and yeah yeah what fear means and why religion can't be fearful because yeah. nobody's been scared enough to make it real and all that stuff and yeah, fair enough you it's, know? it's a fantastic conversation that really encapsulates it it's, the, the basically the entirety of the film it is really. actually quite thought provoking it's um, it's a fantastic thing. The whole, the crux of the whole thing effectively comes down to this. The reason that religion is nowhere near as popular as it once was is that people no longer fear God. And people won't believe in something, not really, unless they are genuinely afraid of it. Mm. That's the, the message he puts forward, is that the reason people... Fo- people don't 
follow religion because this is the point that Sutter Kane's making is that people don't follow religion because they love God it's because they fear the devil yeah. they fear what will happen to them if they don't love this God that so is the point that he's attempting to God make as well as the Old Testament God oh it's Old Testament <laughs> God yeah you're fucking scared of him as well. <laughs> fuck yeah. that shit so this is why I wish Jürgen Prochnow did more stuff in like American cinema because yeah because the monologue he delivers here is fucking incredible it's pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah it's an absolute masterclass and so eventually, uh, would you say he's released from Kane's hold? Like, it feels like Kane's holding him here slightly. Yeah, he's let out. And yeah. he's, he's back in the, the room of the typewriter. You know? Yes. And uh, he's told that he needs to, his part is almost complete. He yeah, he to, just needs to deliver, he just needs to complete his job. He needs to deliver the manuscript. Basically, he just gives him a mind fuck and he's like, yeah, you're not real. <laughs> I wrote you. Yeah. You're uh, Brock now, um, Sutter Kane saying this to Trent. He's just basically telling him that he wrote him to be here, and then he's just kind of laying this whole mindfuck: is is John Trent real, or is he a yes. character in his book? And this is where the and this is where a set, another element of this film comes into play, which is you'll remember earlier on that we stated that the re- part of the reason why they're so at the uh, publishing agency is so sort of anxious to get this uh, this book back, the manuscript back and publish it is because they've already sold the film rights mm-hmm. so with that in mind are we now watching the film adaptation of Sutter Kane's novel? I mean, it's kind of answered at the end but yeah, so yeah, I mean, yes. yeah. adds all this shit because yeah. they, they even talk about uh, not at this point but they talk about like uh, somebody asked, uh, Dr. Ren asked someone at some point mm-hmm. he's like because it's because you know they they've been saying the whole entire time that people will read the books. Uh, well, on, go insane. Uh, and they're like, well, what if somebody doesn't read it? It's like, well, there's always the movie. The movie's you know? coming out, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, Sutter Kane tells him that he needs to go now to deliver the manuscript. He can't hold back the. Let's just for the sake of argument, call them demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he can't hold them back. He can't any. hold them back for long. Uh, and then he then he does the whole very dainty CG. Um, yeah, he rips a hole in the wall. He rips a hole out of his face. Yeah, and it's like... It rips like paper. And it rips like paper, and where it's ripped, you can see like the words of the novel. Mm-hmm. I want to see this this whole segment listed on like, well, the very top ten examples of, of the worst of 90s CGI. And I have to say, it doesn't look horrible. No, it looks, it looks great for the time. <laughs> it looks okay. It's, I don't know what these people have. For the time that it was released, this looks fantastic. It's ILM that did it. So yeah. I don't, I don't know what people have against this movie. No. <laughs> people are like, this movie's shit. To be fair, those same, those same lists also tend to include like The Phantom Menace's bad CGI. Uh, forgetting that at the time that it came out, mm. that fucker, I'm pretty sure, was up for an Oscar. Yeah, the CG for like in those, best special effects I don't want to get too much into it but the, the yeah. CG in those prequel movies did in my opinion get worse over time oh no they aged poorly mm. but they're still like unbelievable CGI mm. for when they came out yeah but uh, but anyway that's the same thing I would say for this movie is that if you take it in the context of when it was released which was what 96 94 94 sorry like for 1994 mm-hmm. this CG is fucking incredible yeah, like, yeah. Wow, really well done. So he tears a hole in the space-time continuum, essentially. Yeah, more <laughs> and, or less. Uh, you have all the the right the, the text of the novel in the back of the void, I guess. Yes. Trent looks into there, and uh, as he's looking into there, uh, Styles starts reading off 
what's so, happening. Yeah, uh, he starts reading what's novel. happening at this precise moment. It's kind of like in Spaceballs. <laughs> when they're watching themselves. What a fucking comparison. Jesus Christ, when they're watching Spaceballs, the movie. But it is! It's exactly it is, no, it is. <laughs> Spaceballs is the ultimate Lovecraftian horror. <laughs> because of that one scene. <laughs> But yeah, so he's she's reading Space off what's happening. Spaceballs is actually an adaptation of the Lodax. Is it? No. I'm just taking the piss because the villain in both of them steals air. Hey, look, yeah, it's yeah. Aloysius O'Hare. Does that mean, um, does that the mean man a who Dark Helmet? Found the way to sell air. Is Dark Helmet the Wunsler man? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember that weird Tumblr phase where everybody was like... Fuck off. No, no, no. We're like, moving on. We are not talking about one cest. We are moving on. Is that what it was called? Yes. Where the one, people shipped the one slug with himself. Tumblr, Tumblr is a fucking place. Tumblr was a fucking cesspool. I don't know if it's so still is. strange, man. <laughs> Tumblr was weird. I, f- I, I watched this YouTube channel called uh, Strange Aeons. Yeah. And it's just this this girl talking about weird Tumblr fads. And it's, yeah. Some of it's quite fucked, and I'm like, ah, yeah. Oh, that Tumblr was fucked. Um, yeah. Remember fucking Dashcon? I do remember Dashcon. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so uh, this is like one of the most Lovecraftian elements of the... This is like the most accurate depiction of what a film... If somebody was to make an, uh, a really accurate Lovecraft film, this is pretty much what it would be like, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he's looking into the abyss. You don't see shit. Yes. And you she's, just she's reading reaction. off what is happening what he's seeing uh, effectively yeah you don't see what he's seeing she's just, reading what uh, he's seeing you just see how you know his rea- as you said his reactions to it yeah. if somebody was to make a really accurate Lovecraft movie that's all it would really be <laughs> yeah 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 um, and you know he starts, eventually he runs into the void he runs away from the void because remember uh, the, no he goes into it and he's running through no, the tunnel and shit and he yeah, gets the, chased by every cunt yeah he doesn't go into that hole with the paper though. The, that tunnel gets revealed to him by um Kane oh no the, you're right yeah as sorry. the way as the way out yeah no I remember now yeah uh, so yeah he starts to run and it's pretty much as soon as he starts to run what do we get a big gooey foot <laughs> yeah so we're starting to get some creature effects in here fuck yeah we are and, and we get some awesome creatures and we don't see too much of them as well so yeah we see like a body part here a uh, like there. a face there yeah it's like and then uh, have you seen the, have you seen an actual picture of like the full thing of it no they literally just built a wall Oh yeah, <laughs> what was yeah? You told me about this. They just built a wall that had all the creatures on it, uh-huh. and just put it one on or the two, track. one or two of them, I think, was able to move independently of its own on its own. Yeah, but the but, rest of them were just on a wall of, uh-huh. of bits. And then they would just have some crew members behind it, just pushing it. <laughs> yeah, just pushing <laughs> the wall forward, <laughs> like they're trying to jumpstart a fucking car. Just pushing. <laughs> one of them, I thought, looks like. Uh, I mean, one of them looks like one of the deep ones and all that shit from the yeah. Lovecraft stories. But one of them, I always thought, kind of looked like. Uh, uh, the engineer from the original Hellraiser movie. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, uh, it was very reminiscent of the Cenobites. Yeah, so you know, yeah, they were pretty cool looking. Suffice to say. Yes. Um, we don't really see how Trent gets out of the situation. He just kind of falls over. He just falls over, and then he's then the then at the the road where before you get into Hobbs Head. Hobbs End. Hobbs End. Is that the crossroads? And who appears in his first film screen appearance? Darth Vader. Yeah. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Yes, a, a tiny child, Hayden Christensen. Riding a bike. Which, as I'm looking at him now, right, and I'm seeing him, fuck me, Jake Lloyd was a good cast for a young him, and he was a good casting for an older Jake Lloyd, because looking at him younger, 
Yeah. And then going back to like, fuck me, they look alike. They look Jesus Christ. Christ. They look fairly similar. Yeah, they now, could be brothers. You see if they're going to make a movie about the life of Jake Lloyd now and all his trials and tribulations. Do you know who I think should play him? Who? And you might agree with this, you might not. Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> yeah. Fucking success boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw... He was in the... He had a similar thing. He was in The Boys. Yeah, he was in season one, wasn't it? Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, and I think he was in a better season too. No, he died. He goes him. He got killed the fuck out of, man. He yeah. got proper, yeah. But, uh, no, I think he would... He kind of looks like him. So I oh, right, yeah. Yeah, you should play him. I don't know if that movie will ever get made, but... Ah, I doubt it. <laughs> but anyway, moving swiftly on. But yeah, little Hayden Christensen, he's just this little paper boy. Hey, mister, have you been in a car accident? Uh, no. no. Do you want a paper? No. <laughs> He just cycles off. Yeah. Oh, he goes. Yes. Trent asks him if he knows where, if he's ever heard of Hobbs End, and he tells like, him no. No. What the fuck, Hobbs End? Yeah. So next we see this is there's a little bit of a lull here where not much happens. Uh, Trent is um, staying in a he's staying in some motel. in like a motel somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's just fucking. And he, out he gets to the motel and he destroys the no, no, he manuscript. He like bends it. At first, or like he gets rid of the box or something. I like think he, he just dumps the box. Yeah, he, he just dumps the manuscript. Before he goes to the motel, he just yeah, yeah, it. yeah. He just dumps it in the middle of nowhere and then he goes is, to the motel. He's staying in the motel. He goes to get a paper. Some uh, the receptionist. He's like, "Mr. Trent, package for you, sir." And then uh, takes the package back to his room. Yeah, opens it. In the mouth of madness it's by the, Sutter Kane. <laughs> yep, it's the manuscript. Runs back and tries to beat the. Who the, the fuck guy delivered him. this? Who gave? Um, who who sent this? gets sent slinking back to his room and the bigger <laughs> receptionist appears yeah 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 I didn't see nobody motherfucker he doesn't say that but <laughs> he might as well yeah he's, is he smoking a cigar as well I seem to I seem to picture him smoking I don't think a, so I, seem, I don't know why but I seem to have him in my head <coughs> he's got this cigar just this fucking because <laughs> he's a carpenter character yeah this fucking uh, what do they what's that word they use for cigar sometimes chomping no, um. Stogie. Yeah, he's just got this big fat Stogie in the corner of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looks nothing like him, but I always picture, like, fucking Harvey Bullock from, like, the, the fucking Batman animated show. Yeah. yeah what's going on? <laughs> but no, he, he gets slinking back to his room, he, he gets rid of the manuscript again by setting on fire in his sink. Yeah, yeah. Um, then he hops on a bus. Yes. And it is definitely not a Greyhound bus. Oh, this brought back fucking. Uh, it's not. It is a not Greyhound bus. It's like yeah, it's, is, it's a fucking is, Greyhound. This isn't a Greyhound bus. This is Labrador bus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Labrador Express, but no. It's uh, like a Greyhound, but just a little bit dumber. <laughs> yeah. I like. Don't get me right. Labradors are fiercely intelligent dogs, but they're not clever. They. <laughs> There's difference, you know what I mean? there's there's a difference between being smart and being clever. Uh, they're smart, they're not clever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, this whole segment just brought back fucking memories of you gone down to. Oh god, uh, I spent fourteen hours on a bus. One four. Fourteen. Something like that. Yeah. Holy fuck. Going from Glasgow to uh going from Glasgow to Reading. Which, Jesus. Which for those who don't know, right? So where we are, we're roughly in the middle of Scotland. Not yeah, like, we're just west of the central belt. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so the bus route I took, the first stop was in Edinburgh, so we went to the east coast of yeah, Scotland. Yeah, you went coast to coast. 
And then from Edinburgh we went down there, we ended up in Newcastle. Down, down, down to Newcastle. Durham and all these stupid places. That's where the, the Pink Panthers for there. Durham. Durham. Oh. Durham, Durham, Durham. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hook lines. It also works with Danoon. And Reading is down in the southeast of the country. So I can't believe I caught you with that. And Reading is down in the southeast of the country, yeah. near London, which, if you don't know, is pretty fucking far down. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost on the south coast, you know. So it's like a couple hundred miles. Sucks getting down there. It sucked coming back up. That's why this time I'm getting the fucking train. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, it brought back horrible yeah, memories right. just sitting on that bus. Uh, it actually brought back horrible memories of sitting on the coach to uh, Belgium when I went there of the school. That shit was a horrible journey. I hated every second of it. Yeah. Belgium itself is nice, but that but that bus journey, fuck it. Uh, and he's stuck sitting next so to us. He's sitting next to this wee old woman. He's very sweet. Very sweet old lady. If I'm on public transport, yeah, and somebody sitting next to me, I don't want them to speak to me. Yeah, that's just because you're you. The and only, you hate people. The only time I've ever entertained somebody sitting next to me on public transport and speaking to me was on a flight to Barcelona. Because this middle-aged woman was pissed and she was fun. And she was like, oh, wait, you from Sudden? I'm like, oh, I'm from Ir- Irvine. She's like, oh, I'm from here, shit, too. I'm from Cumbuck. I was like, no shit, we're getting on the plane at Prestwick. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> It's where we're all from. We just had this conversation for like the entire two hour flight. It was, it was great. I'm feeling as well. But anyway, yeah, so he's on this bus. <laughs> he's on this bus in this uh um, this sweet old woman's talking away to him. And he falls asleep. And he falls asleep and has a nightmare. Well and yeah. starts screaming well, at the fuck when he wakes up. Well, I remember he's sitting there, he's talking and Fall asleep. Sutter Kane's there. Yeah. He's just telling him he's That's like, it he's because he essentially Sutter Kane is God now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has this like conversation with him. Uh, a conversation ends. Oh, by the way, did I ever tell you that my favorite color was blue? <laughs> then and he wakes, wakes up, up and he's in a Chris Nolan movie. The whole world has like a blue tint to it. Yeah. <laughs> he just starts freaking. And out. And he just starts screaming like fuck. The woman sitting next to him is like, ah! yeah, it's like panicking because <laughs> as you would, because imagine like put yourself in her situation. You're in the bus doing a fucking in the red, and the guy next to you just all of a sudden starts fucking screaming. Yeah, it's not the worst situation I've ever heard of about a long haul bus journey. Have you ever heard that guy in Canada that got decapitated on a fucking greyhound bus by the guy sitting next to him? Bit of an extreme example, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and then, and, I, and then eventually, like everyone wakes him up, and he's like, "Okay, we're having a bad dream." No shit. <laughs> and he's back. Uh, then he's in. Is he in a bus station? Yeah. Is that where he is? Yeah. And then he's talking to the ticket lady, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has his inner Karen moment. And, uh, I want to speak to your manager. Right, but then he's like, I want to speak to your supervisor! Your shooting, supervisor, yeah. Because he's trying to ask about Hobbs End. Yeah, where the fuck is Hobbs End? And she says something like... Uh, it doesn't exist. Yeah, There never has, there never was, has... There, has, there never isn't. was, has, or will be a place called Hobbs End. Yeah, they're just kind of doing the Brett Hitman heart thing, you know. Yeah. Best ever is, was, never will be. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he slinks off, manages to find his way back to publisher's office. Yeah, 
where it is revealed that he has already delivered the man weeks ago. Weeks, weeks ago. ago. We yeah. never see any of this. Yeah. Apparently he did it like ages ago. Yeah. Uh, and the, the book is already out and apparently styles never existed yeah and the book's selling very well and the you films the, and the film's coming out in the next month yeah <laughs> what the fuck he's just sitting there like shit yeah <laughs> and then he, he must have had a rough couple of weeks because the next time we, we see him he's got he's dressed up like the the guy from the start of the movie he's got the fucking like beige trench coat and that and he looks like he hasn't bathed in a few weeks as well yep and he goes up to a queue outside a bookshop and the guy is reading and there's a young boy who is reading Sutter Cain's In the Mouth of Madness call me crazy but this guy looks a lot like I, I wouldn't know his name but he looks a lot like just some actor that you've, you've seen in like countless stuff that's come out in the 90s I don't know like just in like minor roles I could not tell you he just looks like some guy <laughs> he looks like some guy maybe not even in movies he looks like some guy that would probably appear in like multiple episodes of like the X-Files or something yeah just kind of like and like different roles every uh, time though I like mean, yeah because I, I saw him I was like I've seen this guy's face somewhere but I don't know I don't know but I think he might have just had one of those faces might have yeah. but uh, anyway so this kid's reading it and he's, he's just got, like he's got the weird fucked up he's got the two yeah the two pupils in each eye and his eyes are bleeding <laughs> yeah and uh, he's just did you read Sutter Kane? Did you read Sutter Kane? So you know what's going to happen, don't you? He fucking cleaves his skull And he cleaves his skull into it with an axe. Ah, sick. <laughs> sick shit. Yeah. And that's how we get to and the beginning of the movie. And that's how we get to the beginning of the movie. Where, yeah, he's in the... He had a shower. In the asylum. The, the shower and... Uh, yeah, I, imagine they, I imagine they sprayed him down like fucking, you know, Rambo First Blood. They just fucking put the hose on him. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we cut back to uh, we cut the conversation yeah, between Doctor Wren and uh, Trent and uh, yes, Wren leaves because Wren Wren does bring up the point. I was like, well, what about the people who don't read? Like you know, he can't get to everyone. And then dejectedly defeated, John says, "There's a movie coming out." Mm-hmm. And the way he says that line, I know like there's a movie coming out. That line is not in any way. Yeah. Like, on its own, does that's not haunting. That's not scary. The way that Sam Neill delivers that line, the way that he says that, as though like it's hopeless. It's yeah. the um, the emotion he puts behind that one simple line. For me, cements him as one of the best actors to ever fucking act. Mm. Like that is like that. That's such a simple. You could deliver that in so many different ways, but he does it in the perfect. But he gives the perfect delivery for that moment. He plays a. Uh, he's so honestly like that Sam one. Plays arseholes really well. Like he's not so much. Oh no, he's not an arsehole in this. Not so much. Like, uh, but to be- well, towards the end, he's not an arsehole. Uh, to begin with, he's a prick. Uh, he's good at making you feel. Alan Grant isn't he an arsehole? No, but he's, he's he just good threatened at- to kill a kid once. That's true. He, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he's good at he's good at playing arseholes. He's good at making you feel bad for him, and he's fucking good at playing right evil cunts. Oh uh, yeah, he plays a great season, evil bastard. Season one, I think he's in the second season as well. Uh, first couple of seasons, Peaky Blinders. He's like this fucking. Uh, although his accent isn't the best. It's okay for a Belfast accent. It's okay. That's no. It's it's no fucking Billy Piper and Penny Dreadful doing a Belfast accent. Which Good is, point. Yeah, that was fucking, fucking horrendous. <laughs> I was uh, I was born in the Shankill Road. How the fuck, how the fuck 
fuck do you how the fuck in attempting to do a Belfast accent do you sound Canadian how the fuck does she manage that I was born in the Shank Hill Ro- <laughs> I was born in the Shank Hill Road eh, oh. the fuck man now I'm a prostitute living in London eh oh. <laughs> Pedro was a fucking great show by the way oh yeah it's a great series but <laughs> my Billy, god just Billy Piper I think I think after uh, what, where, where are you in Pedro did you watch season 2 I haven't watched season 2 or 3 yet I finished season okay, 1 ok well, I was going to say well I can't remember whatever I was going to say there was a bit of a spoiler then, so yeah so leave it then. then but anyway yes yeah, so we get that line and then Ren leaves does Ren I don't think Ren believes in any of this no he doesn't because no. he says something however, to him it's like just because you know the symptoms doesn't mean you know the cause yes so however as Ren's leaving he is confronted by another one of the doctors yeah Saperstein yeah. Uh, stops him and he's like oh did you learn anything he's like not really and then as he's leaving do you read Sutter Kane <laughs> Ren doesn't even answer he just fucks off but then um, Saperstein that, starts to follow him that question uh-huh. we have heard that question only like two or three times before mm-hmm. almost every time we hear that question it results in either a murder or someone going insane yeah Saperstein goes to follow him as well yeah so so did Saperstein kill Ren maybe we don't know exactly you just see Trent in his little room yeah having a grand old time when all of a sudden all these screamings and yeah, weird demonic noises yeah screaming we hear like flesh tearing that's what this reminded me of and what it's not even a movie that's reminded me of this is a comic book um, do you remember one of the DC Elseworlds books that was like uh Batman turns into a vampire, right? Oh, yeah. It was a sequel to that, because Batman dies at the end of that, where he comes back as a fucking vengeful spirit, right? But there's a scene in it where he goes to Arkham and he just kills everybody. Wow. Just kills everybody, and there's, you know, he sees somebody in their cell just sitting there like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is what it reminds me of. But, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, we hear, like, flesh And just the way the, the, the sounds all cut cracking. off. Yeah. The way the sounds all just cut off. It's, it's so like, sudden. Uh it's like you're listening to music and your headphones die. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's that exact thing. And then John gets up, opens his cell door, and leaves. Well, the cell door actually kind of gets fucked at one point, so whoever's there is kind of... Yeah, bashing against it. But yeah, he mm-hmm. leaves the cell door, we get the he goes outside, carpenter. and everything is like in flames. Like the world is fucked. Oh, we get the second carpenter jump scare. Oh, yeah. You're right. Because he's walking down the corridor. Something behind him. Yeah, somebody just walks past. It's right in front of the camera, and it's and this is I I can't remember if the other times of this carpenter special uh, the carpenter specials happened, if they had like really loud music. Uh, Sometimes like, they do. All right, because I was gonna say because this sounds because this looks like the first sort of modernish jump scare that Carpenter's done, but if he's done, it before, no, no, he's done. He's he's yeah. done a few. Yeah, but yeah, as he's leaving, you hear radio broadcasts from people who aren't infected, just talking about like you. Like everyone's been going insane and killing each other. We've had no word from Washington for the past two days or something. Yeah, yeah. So. And so John begins to wander aimlessly around the city until eventually. Did, did you notice though when he's walking when he walks up to the movie theater though there is yes. a couple of people walking about so we don't know yeah yeah, yeah. they're normal whatever but mm. eventually he finds his way to a movie theater and what's showing. <laughs> In the Mouth of Madness. <laughs> Directed by John Carpenter. Yes. <laughs> Released by New Line Cinemas. Written by Michael DeLuca. <laughs> yes. Starring... John Trent. John Trent. If it said Samuel, it would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, just said like, John Trent, yeah. <laughs> he then takes a seat in the cinema and watches everything that just happened to him. 
Yeah, and, and he bursts out laughing and crying and he's screaming. He's hysterical laughing turns into hysterical tears. But I've seen yes. this I've seen this clip used so many times in like memes where it's just like somebody watching like uh, you know the downfall the sad affairs of cinema or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and then uh, what cuts out is tears. That fucking tune. Yep. Fucking great movie. Fucking love this movie. I don't know how to feel. I fucking love it. About this movie. Like, don't, 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 it's very obviously a fantastic movie. Mm. And it is I remember you saying that you were thinking of buying this movie. So. Oh, no, I will. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get myself a copy of this movie. Mm. 110%. It's going to be added to my collection because I need to watch this again mm. and again and again. I'm pretty sure Arrow do have a release because there. they do, yeah. yeah. And Prince of Darkness, I'm pretty sure. I'll probably get both of them mm. on the trot, but uh, this is the kind of it's very rare that I will say to people, "You need to watch this more than once," right? But this is the film that you definitely need. I would say multiple viewings as required. Because the first time you watch this film, and it is up to yourself, dear listener, whether or not you would decide this is to the film's detriment. I would honestly argue that it kind of is. And that the film goes so mental in the final act that by the end of the film you're left not really knowing what the fuck just happened. It's very difficult to interpret with just one viewing and to understand exactly what the film is like trying to say and what it's trying to do. Mm. However, on the second viewing, it becomes much clearer because you're not being distracted by things like, you know, the camera panning down and showing a naked guy attached to this poor wee fucking woman. I would and say though things of that nature. I would say though that 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 whole experience of watching the movie where, you know, everything's building up, building up to absolute fucking craziness. To the crescendo, It's kinda yes. like how reading a love a Lovecraft story reads like because well, if, yes, read, if, yeah, if you read a Lovecraft story it starts off very not slow but like you know building atmosphere everything's really creepy yes. you get to wherever they're going and like he's talking about he's describing the town and all that shit and, and this movie does the same they get to the place there's it can't be stated enough the, the beginning of this movie up until like the last 30 minutes has an incredible atmosphere Oh yeah, it really does. Yeah, like this atmosphere, like just a dread atmosphere, yeah. the dread, and then when it gets to like the, the the final act, the final half hour, pretty much. Yes. Um, everything just goes batshit, which is kind of like how it would be for the the character in a Lovecraft story, where yeah, all of a sudden, like the old uh, gods are awake, and uh, all that kind everything of shit. just goes fucking mental. Yeah. Because they can't describe it, so everything just goes fucking mental. So. I think in, in that it, sort of it encapsulates the feeling of a love of the Lovecraft books and mm-hmm. that kind of form of story, storytelling a hundred percent. However, taking it as its own thing, right, out with anything because this isn't an adaptation of an existing story of mm-hmm. an existing Lovecraft book, so we cannot, at least, in my opinion, you can't take this to be an adaptation of a Lovecraftian story because it isn't one. So that inspired. context isn't ne- as necessary as it would be if it were something like Color of Space, like Reanimator, 
where you know, well, less so the animator because it yeah. very it very loosely borrows from the yeah. Color out of space is probably most color out of space is probably the most relevant to this conversation. Mm. So because it is not a direct adaptation, I feel like it has a lot more responsibility on its shoulders to, you know, explain what's going on. Not necessarily in terms of like exposition, but even visually just showing like here is what is happening. And it does do that, but it does it all in the last half hour of the movie in quick succession. Mm -hmm. With so little hints is, throughout it. So what you're saying to is the point it's where, spaced it out a bit more? Yeah, yeah. Where all, whereas rather than like the last half hour being this smorgasbord of like... One really, after the other. Exactly. Yeah, I can get that. If it yeah, was yeah. more akin to say like... Honestly, the best example I can think of a film that does this well is the most recent Hellraiser movie. Hmm. Where you do, you're slowly introduced to the idea of the box and the Cenobites and all that throughout the movie, and then it builds and builds and builds, and then eventually you see all of them at once. But okay, prior but to that, if you, want to apply you still that, have that kind of stuff. If you want to apply that uh, line of thinking with a Lovecraftian movie, um, probably the best example for a Lovecraftian movie, at least, would be, uh, again, not based on any of his books, um, Annihilation. Yes, yes, yes. The, Fantastic example. The Alex Garland movie. But because this film does uh, sort of so heavily load it all to the end, it can be very overwhelming for the viewer, especially mm. myself looking at this. Like, I, by the end of this film, you were there for me watching the tail end of this movie. Yeah. This, this is not an exaggeration. I was taking notes, ready to do this podcast, and the half hour happened, and everything happened so quickly that I just, I literally just put my phone, like, threw my phone off the desk onto the bed behind me and was just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck taking notes. I just need to experience what's going on here and try and make sense of it. And then even on the, and then eventually I got, I was lucky enough to watch it a second time. This time taking notes, knowing that this was going to happen. And that second viewing made this film what it is for me. Mm -hmm. That second viewing made me love this movie. Mm -hmm. However, the fact that the second viewing was necessary for that to happen, I would argue is somewhat to the film's detriment. Because the only reason I watched it a second time was because I knew I had to talk about it. If I didn't have this podcast to do, I don't know if I would have watched this film a second time without <laughs> someone telling me uh -huh. to do so. I would have just been like, well, that was fucking mental. And then maybe a couple of years down the line, I would maybe go like okay fucking let's see what this is but the fact that that's so at least again part of our kind of job looking at these movies is to try is to be as subject look at it subjectively and offer our own opinions on the movie mm -hmm. you might watch this film you being the listener you indeed being I can Jacob, easily see somebody hating this movie and I yeah, completely understand why yeah you might watch this film for the first time and totally fucking get it mm. and be like, okay, here is exactly what this film is trying to do and here's everything that, it, that it's putting forward. I get it. I love it. If you're someone like myself, you might need a second viewing. Mm. Someone else might need a third, a fourth, a fifth. Someone else might never fucking get it and yeah. despise this movie. Yeah, if somebody, was this, if somebody was to tell me that they really didn't like this movie, I wouldn't even need to ask why I can get it. You would it. just I get would, it, yeah. yeah. I, I would understand and I would still ask why out of interest uh, but yeah. yeah but the, I wouldn't need to but yeah, uh, yeah and their, their their opinion is valid you know completely they, so yeah um, and it's because of that I have kind of while I do love this movie 
I have a hard time recommending it mm-hmm. because it is such a strange experience. It is, yeah. That, like, I wouldn't say, like, it's so difficult to put into words. It falls into, I mean, it's nothing like this movie, but it falls in the similar sort of category for me as, like, would I recommend this movie to somebody? No, it falls into that same sort of category as something like Basket Case. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, like, no, 100%. Do I enjoy this movie? I fucking love it. Would I recommend it? Hell no. Unless like, I know them really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I, yeah. I see exactly where you're coming from with Basket Case. Yeah. And to be honest, you could probably say that about Henry Lawler's entire catalogue. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That man's films is fucking amazing. Like, Brain Damage as well. Like, would yeah. I recommend this film? Fuck no. Do I enjoy it? Fuck yeah. Like, fucking love Brain Damage. It's great. Yeah, I mean... It's just the wee hang speech just hello sweet voice hi John <laughs> hello John but no I get it I get why people wouldn't like this movie yeah yeah and like in the same way uh, it's like if somebody was to come up to me right I know we didn't like this movie not this movie I know that we didn't like Memoirs of Invisible Man oh but if someone was to say they fucking love it and uh, it's like their favourite movie I can kind of understand it yeah no <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some I would be like I would be like, no, I wouldn't ask them why. I would just be like, hmm, okay, uh, how do you feel about the brown face at the end of the movie then? And because that's like a, that's a bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> as, as you know, as we said in our review of, of uh, Memoirs of His Wind, there's elements of a good movie there. I can understand why people would like that. Yeah. In the same, in a similar sense, I can understand why people wouldn't like this because there are some parts of this movie that. Uh, feel a little uh, disjointed whether that's intentional or not and there's I can't help but feel like it is given the the well not source material but given the inspirations that this film wears so blatantly on its sleeve I also think given the subject matter uh, of the film I also think uh, it's because Carpenter didn't write this I think he was just uh, he was a director for hire here yeah so I don't know if he uh, had any sort of vetoing power, you know, to mm. change some things, or if he could be bothered to change anything, uh, or if he's more like a sort of Ridley Scott or Clint Eastwood type director who's yeah, well, you, like, just, you know, the script is God. Yeah, the script is the script is the script. You know, yeah. yeah. So who knows? I don't know. He hasn't really. I don't know if he's actually spoken about this recently. Because I know because he, he gave an interview in twenty twenty three where he was talking about a bunch of stuff he's done. So I don't know. Yes. If he's, um, but I. Normally we would wrap this up by saying, would you recommend the movie? Would you go see it again? I will 100% be watching this film again. Uh, what about yourself, Jay? I mean, this, is, this, this is like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this movie. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. So I think it goes without saying that you're uh, probably going to watch it again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll probably buy this at some point, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, would I recommend it? Honestly, no idea. No fucking clue. I don't think... I, personally, I don't think I would. I would... I recommend this movie in a similar... Because I've shown people this movie a few times. Mm. And I always sold it to them as being like, you want to see something really fucking weird? You know? You want to so, see a dead body? Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Um, and whenever I've said that, somebody would be like, aye. So, you know... Um, <laughs> would I recommend it... Would I recommend it by saying, oh, do you want to watch something that's really good? I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, think, I, mean, uh, I do think this movie's really good, but... Uh, yes. If I was to recommend this movie, I would probably word it by going, want to see something really fucked up, something yeah. really weird? Yeah, there do you want to watch something weird? Here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I, I feel that, yeah. But with regards to it being hard to recommend, I feel like this podcast is probably the best I can do to 
discuss the movie mm. and we are well over two hours now yeah we've been talking about this movie longer than the movie itself yeah but, <laughs> so like oh fuck that's a good point yeah we spent more this, time talking about the movie than we did watching it the raw the raw sound, the raw edit this um of this yeah episode. before I've made before I've made any edits to this episode we are currently sitting at 161 minutes longer than Star Wars <laughs> but um, yeah yeah but no uh, I like this movie I I really like this movie as well. Yeah, I, I, again, it's fucking awesome. It does what it sets out to do incredibly well. It is a fantastic um, sort of representation of Lovecraftian storytelling and cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. And it's a love letter to the cosmic horror, pretty much. Very much so. Yes, it is exactly. That's mm-hmm. I couldn't put it better myself. Mm-hmm. And if this podcast is even slightly piqued your interest give it a go mm-hmm. if you're able to find a copy or find it on streaming or maybe it's on TV one time uh, give it a watch and make your own uh, make your own conclusions with regards mm. to the movie yeah yeah, it's fantastic well thank you for listening to our episode on In the Mouth of Madness this is probably <laughs> our longest episode yet <laughs> yeah I mean if it's a good movie why not talk about it for ages you know yeah too fucking right um, so what what's next on, uh, on well, our agenda the next on our uh, on our filmography of Carpenter is his 1995 remake of A Village of the Damned, mm-hmm. which is the last film that Christopher Reeve was in before he got paralysed, and it also, oh, yeah. <laughs> also has Mark Hamill. <laughs> He's back! Oh, so, shit! Nice. Yeah. But yeah, so join us next week for uh, Village of the Damned. Yes, and we will see you then. Mm. Goodbye, then. Do you read Sutter Kane?